in the job. I didn't feel tired last time either, so. Yes, you did. <laughs> but that's okay. All right. Okay. One, two, three. Recording in progress. Hmm. Good hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back. Uh, it's a bittersweet return this week because uh, we're back virtual again. So sad, but happy to be back regardless. How, how, how are y'all doing? We're good. We're good. And you know what, though, for, for people listening to the podcast, it's to, as far as they're concerned, we've been off for a couple of weeks because we haven't posted the radio show stuff yet. But we oh, will. Oh, okay, right. But we will. Yeah, yeah, so well, of course, yeah. Well, yeah, I guess I didn't announce. Hashtag uncensored. I mean, you're hearing my voice. You're, you're, you press play, so you know what it is. Solitaire, DJ Ready Fox, No Better Nina. Uh, we're back to uh, recording virtually, so you're hearing us again um, on the podcast version. Um, and yeah, it's been. Uh, it was fun being in the studio t- for a couple of weeks. It was. It was fun. I was going to say. I, I'm, it was I'm, fun. It was a little bit of a. It's a bittersweet return. But we're happy to do it, nevertheless. I, at least we didn't have, we don't have to drive up to the station this time. But uh, that hasn't been so bad. So how has so. your week been? How how's the last couple of weeks been since we're we're kind of catching up with our listeners now? Solitary. Oh, uh, the last couple of weeks have been pretty good. They've been pretty good, busy as usual. You know, just the the regular hustle and bustle of yeah. uh, work life balance. Have you, you caught know? COVID yet? I have not. I have not caught COVID yet. Nice. Thankfully, as, you know who uh, did. I, who did Sidney Crosby? Did he? Yes, really. And some did some basketball player catch it too? Um, I don't know. It's possible, but oh uh, no, no, not basketball, football player Aaron Rodgers. Oh yes, Aaron Rodgers did. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. So we'll we'll talk. About, I didn't even uh, remember to mention that in sports because I just don't pay any attention to football. But um, yeah. I'll mention it in um sports when we get to it eventually at the end of the show. We're just getting started, but Sidney Crosby. Stopped. Oh. Oh yeah, Nina's uh, resetting her stuff there, so people just heard her coming out for a sec. But um, yeah, yeah, Sidney Crosby got the C nineteen. <laughs> he got the C nineteen. He got uh, the C nineteen. He's dirty now. He's been because he's in Pittsburgh, man. What do you expect? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's in I Pittsburgh, crashed. son. Yes, we know you crashed, Nina. Gonna, Everybody heard it. Oh, Sorry. do I? Do I need to um give you? The permission thing again? Uh, possibly, yes. Please try. Okay, I'm going to hit record again. Sorry, podcast listeners. It's okay. Recording in progress. It's okay. They stick with us because they're loyal. <laughs> yeah. They're loyal. Us. Okay, so we, we got to get into the radio <laughs> s- stuff soon. Um, yeah. yeah, we'll talk in the next break for some housekeeping stuff. But okay. just real quick, do you guys want to tee up anything Really quick before we get into the radio stuff for the podcast yeah. listeners. Well, I mean, during uh, during the Have You Heard's, we're going to be talking about a couple of things uh, recently. This, uh, well, this week, earlier this week, uh, Elon Musk, when I first heard the story about he, he had offered to sell Tesla stocks um, in order to end world hunger because the, the World uh, Food Bank or World Food Organization, I, 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 I have the story saved, but yeah. They, you know, they made an. They're calling on all billionaires to to end world hunger, and um, yeah. So he he made this offer, but then when I read more into it, I was like, oh, this is this is not really an offer. It's more of a tongue in cheek. So we'll we'll talk a little bit about that. Oh, so it's not real. Well, I mean, yeah, we'll 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 get. I didn't into bother it to click on it because I was like, <laughs> it's it's an interesting thing. 
but who yeah. is it that's supposed to show him how it's supposed to be done and all that stuff? So I was just waiting to see what the fallout of it was going to be. I think it was just a big I'm calling your bluff type thing on Elon well, Musk's part. So Well, we'll discuss it. That's yeah. that's kind of, um, you know, that's the impression I got just the from story. the headlines. And then um, also we'll be discussing how the, the, you know, people's visits to food banks have increased significantly during the pandemic. Uh, you've heard a little bit of talk about it, but we'll talk about, um, you know, some of the numbers of it is pretty staggering. And uh, what else is going on? You know, there's a, um, yeah, yeah, that's it. I guess that would be a little bit what I would be touching on. What are you going to be show. touching on, Nina? Um, so a new versus style that's happening. Um, we're going to talk about the Rock and Roll Fame Hall of Fame, sorry, induction. Uh, Drake submitting for the Grammys and the American Ooh. Music Award nominees. Oh, Drake mm-hmm. submitted for the Grammys, huh? Yeah, I sure did. Interesting. Very. Well, people already hear us talking about these things anyways, but um, turn your mic up a bit there, Solitaire, please. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. Why? Well, I was, uh, my levels went down a little bit. Your levels are a bit down, but it's you. Your energy is down a bit too, the way you're talking right now. But it's okay. all good. Boop. It's all, all good. Right, He's a hardworking man, people. You, y'all don't know. I boosted it up a little bit. How's that? Yeah, that's better. That's better. Okay, cool. okay so you know what? Let me get my timer set. And uh, I'm going to ask you, Solitaire, if you have a timer uh, for when I do politics as usual, which I'll explain in the housekeeping bit in the next okay. uh, podcast part. Okay, sounds good. All right. So start whenever you want, Solitaire. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. It is Saturday, November the 6th. You are tuned in to Vibe105's own hashtag. Ladies and gentlemen, yours truly, Solitaire, DJ Ready Fox, No Better Nina. Another week, another show. How are y'all doing? Good, good hello to you both. Good hello to you guys. How are you? Good hello. Huh? It feels huh? weird to be back at yeah. home. We had two I weeks. I know, I know. We had two weeks in the studio, and that was fun. It was a little hectic for me. Um, cause okay. I'm trying to produce the show and speak on the topics at the same time. And because yeah. we haven't done it in over a year and a bit since March, 2020, it was like, mm-hmm. a, it was a little hard to get used to, but it was fun. It was fun. Yeah. It, I definitely like the energy of being live on the radio versus the pre-record stuff that we've been doing yeah. ever since the whole yeah. world went to heck. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I really like about it too, I, that I miss is, um, it's uh you know it's it's live on the air and you know and, and also you get like up to the second updates right you know yeah. stories uh, uh, you know things that happen on Friday night how many times does it happen like after we finish recording something every Thursday week. night every mm-hmm. week something there's something happens. major happens on a Friday after we've recorded and then people are maybe listening to the radio show and they're wondering how come they're not talking about this it's because yeah. we <laughs> didn't know about it at the time but we didn't know how was your week but, guys but uh, my week has been good busy as usual but you know uh, it's always good when it's rewarding you're tired but it's productive nice how about you nina mine is basically the same as solly's week um except for feels- she's had to deal with some disgruntled uh disgruntled yeah. folks I'm I'm definitely going to start being extremely selective on the artists that I <laughs> that you, Right. Well, you, music industry that's what it is, man. There's yeah. nothing and, harder than dealing with artists. Yep. They're all different especially, personality-wise. And especially when you're a girl, but guys, 
I bite back. I don't care. Talk to I you. bite back. Like, don't think you can pipe up, and I'm not going to pipe right back up. Like, people have no idea what we're talking about right now. Ah, uh, it's okay. Who knows? Need who needs to know knows. Yeah. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, of course we appreciate uh, your love and support each and every week. We. Uh, Love to hear your comments. We love to see your likes on our posts on Twitter and Instagram at hashtag vibe 105 is the tag for uh, you to reach out to us on our social media platforms. We appreciate hearing from you each and every week. Uh, Suggestions for stories, uh, things that you think we got wrong, uh, things that we definitely got right. Feedback is important, uh, uh, and we appreciate we appreciate hearing from you. So once again, the tag to contact us on our social media on Instagram and Twitter is at hashtag vibe one hundred five. Yes. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I will swing over to No Better Nina, who will be bringing us this week's poll question of the week. Okay, so last week we asked, do you think pictures people post online or on social media have an effect on the way people approach and treat them in real life? Right. And the options were yes, no, not at all, or everyone's a catfish. And 100% of the votes were for yes. Of course. (laughs) Of course. Now, this week is... This is a little more sad. Um, do you think blogs like Six Buzz and Real Toronto News hold any responsibility for what they post, especially when it comes to the recent overdose of Debbie? Mm. Uh, the options are, yep, they played a part. No, they're just being on brand or I don't follow them. Mm. So head over to at hashtag Vibe 105 on Twitter to make your vote count. Now, we will talk about this in politics as usual because... Um, For everybody that's listening to the show that doesn't know who Debbie is, um, she was a person that was in the city who she had problems and mental health issues and all that stuff. And um, she was bouncing Mm -hmm. around in um, shelters and all that stuff. But unfortunately, she passed away this week. And um, there was quite a reaction on Twitter from her death that we will talk about. So just Mm -hmm. to give someone some people just a little background about who Debbie is, because they just hear Debbie and a lot of people may not know who she is yeah. in terms of, of why we're talking like, about her. Like Debbie who? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know? But yeah, if you're, if you're in, if you're kind of got an ear to the streets of, um, of Toronto, particularly if you're, if you follow or know about six buzz or real Toronto news, uh, she was on there quite frequently featured mm-hmm. on their platform. So, um, Definitely an interesting discussion. We'd love to hear people's feedback. A, a lot of people have been piping up about it um, from the city. So we'll definitely discuss that. Yep. All right. Now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time. It's time for this week's round of headlines the way hashtag sees it. It's time for Have You Heard? We have to go back to our ghetto sound. Do it. <laughs> I did a couple of like that's the remix right that's the remix all right ladies and gentlemen a couple of stories I wanted to touch on Elon Musk uh, offers to donate six billion dollars to end world hunger Uh, we have a discussion about um, uh, food banks uh, who are bracing for more visits as the cost of living rises in the city Uh, a couple of quick bites to touch on before we get into those stories Uh, there's a new national digital directory for black owned businesses in Canada that yep. launched recently. Pretty big, pretty big news. So this is maybe uh, they were know, inspired by your boss segment. 
I mean, listen, you know, it's <gasps> hard being an originator, and you don't and you don't get the credit. But it's all it's all good as long as black businesses are getting the shine. That's the only thing that you know I like that I'm concerned this. about. So Uber Canada, together with the Canadian Black Chamber of Commerce, launched the newest national digital directory for Canadian Black-owned businesses from coast to coast. It's called Black Business Direct. The website is Black businessdirect.ca it's a comprehensive easy to access resource that canadians can use to discover and support local black owned businesses in their cities it's free for businesses to join the directory and free for consumers to view it nice. i think this is awesome because is especially because it's national so if you're traveling across the country and whatever city you're in hopefully i mean I, i'm sure there might be like some smaller cities that maybe do not have a, a directory or stores that are part of it, this directory but right. i think it's pretty dope well mm. the more people find out about it then obviously more businesses will register for it and the more useful yeah, it will become the list will grow absolutely so uh, we'll post a link to that on our twitter page uh, for you to check that out uh, but it's uh, i think that's a i think that's a dope uh, a dope thing that uber canada is involved with it's good to see when they actually step up and i, I think this was uh, a good sign because they made the announcement actually over a year ago about uh, their investment in the black community. But when they announced that, they actually spent the last year engaging with the community to better understand their, their needs and continue to grow and support more businesses. Uh, according to Uber's chief legal officer, Tony West, he uh, outlined that Uber is a company that empowers that powers movement which is the essence of liberty. So it's essential that we continue to channel our global breadth and technology to confront systemic racism and step up as an ally to the communities we serve. Sounds like, you know, it's a nice flowery corporate statement. I mm. know it's kind of, it's kind of, you know, it's easy to be jaded about it, but proof is in the pudding. The directory is up. It's actually a pretty dope initiative. So uh, go out and support it if you can. Yeah, do it. Definitely. Absolutely. Now, blackbusinessdirect.ca. Uh, just one more time for the black business direct direct dot ca. Thank you for. Uh, I was like, I scrolled away from it already. Okay, another feel good story. Uh, this man, uh, a friend of mine, I'm proud to say we featured him on Bouse Black Owned Spotlight uh, earlier this year. George Sully. He started uh, the online platform Black Designers of Canada in 2020 uh, as a vehicle to promote diversity in the fashion industry, as well as promote black artists in Canada. He also earlier this year launched the Black Designers of Canada Award of Excellence to recognize black designers and their achievements. And now George Sully is being celebrated by a campaign put together by TD Bank hmm. and his Black Designers of Canada uh and George Sully was awarded $10,000 and a mural by the TD Thanks You campaign. So nice. I just wanted to highlight that. Mm. I, I was actually watching on YouTube. And, you know, when you watch the YouTube videos, they, those uh, uh, the, the ads pop up. And I was like, oh, another ad. But then I, I was like, oh, wait a second. I know that guy. <laughs> and it, it's like a two-minute two um, video clip presenting him with the award his family was there it was it was presented to him as a surprise it was a beautiful he didn't beautiful, know about it 
It was a beautiful thing. No, he didn't. That's he didn't dope. know about it. So uh, TD Thanks You is a campaign that I wasn't even aware of as well. It's uh, an annual celebration of TD customers who are making a difference. And um, yeah, this year they're, they've awarded George Sully. And not just George Sully. There's a few other people that they awarded as well. We'll provide the link to uh, where you can check out some of the other stories of local heroes who received money from TD Bank. But, you know, I got to shout out my man. You know what I'm saying? Shouts right. out to George Sully. Shouts out to Sully Wong. Uh, his sneaker line, his backpack line. It's crazy. Yeah. And check out his platform, Black Designers of Canada. That's right. BlackDesignersOfCanada.com. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, support black businesses. Speaking of black businesses, all right? Uh, now, moving on to another story. Uh, this one is interesting because uh, at first when I read the headline, I was like, this could, could it be? Will is Elon Musk going to end world hunger? So I saw I saw a headline. His uh, name alone makes me think of like a James Bond villain, man. Like, you know, his apparently is 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 uh his net worth is like three hundred billion dollars. Yeah, he's. Wow. He, they, I saw an article that projected he could be the first trillionaire trillionaire whatever. on the planet. Wait, so who's richer, him or Jeff? Uh, apparently, apparently. Uh, Elon's richer now. Wow. Apparently. I, I don't know. But anyway, so I was uh, I came across an article, the headline uh, on interesting engineering. The headline read, Elon Musk will donate $6 billion to end world hunger if the UN can prove it's real. So I was like, wow. <laughs> First and foremost, uh, I, I, this whole idea of, you know, billionaires can end world hunger has been floating around for a while. But last week, David Beasley, uh, the chief of the United Nations World Food Program, made a call for uh, yet another call, as I would say, mm -hmm. to billionaires, including Tesla's Elon Musk, as well as uh, Jeff Bezos. Uh, Nina's, uh, Nina's <laughs> favorite billionaire, Jeff Bezos. Not my favorite. Uh, who's your favorite billionaire then? I don't have one. Myself. Oprah. Myself. Oprah. 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 So, uh, so yes, uh, he called on billionaires to help people in 43 countries who were at the receiving end of an emergency that resulted from COVID, world conflict, and climate crises. And then in response to that, Dr. Eli David, who is, uh, I believe he's, a, he's researching deep thinking. It, he, he's a doctor of something. I, I, I don't have it written here right now. You're just going to trust he, that he's a doctor. Well, no, no, I verified it, but right. I, I, I thought I wrote it on the share page, but I did not. But listen, we'll, we'll tweet it out. He's a doctor he's certain, of hunger. He, he, he's he's a got the blue check mark on Twitter. He's got the blue check mark on Twitter. Yeah. So he tweets uh, some, some interesting t statistics. 2% of Elon Musk's wealth is eight, $6 billion. In 2020, the UN World Food Program raised $8.4 billion. So how come it didn't save world hunger solve, which i yeah. thought was an in solve or save or yeah. Yeah, sorry solve world, hun world hunger and then elon musk quotes that tweet and replies if the wfp can describe on this twitter thread exactly how six billion dollars will solve world hunger i will sell tesla stock right now and do it mm. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, so david beasley now he's uh 
decides he's going to inject himself into this conversation and goes into this whole diatribe saying that, you know, the money the, that uh, the WFP is aiming to raise would not solve world hunger, but would prevent political instability, mass migration, and consequently save 42 million people from starvation, blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. You say blah, blah, blah to that? <laughs> you know, but you know what? I think the conversation, and I guess this is what I'm going to ask you, what uh, a kind of pivot and ask you guys is they raise so much money as mm-hmm. an organization already. And I think that's kind of where I, where I understand where uh, Elon Musk, you know, it's easy to kind of point the finger from. and say, if all these billionaires would just, you know, all we need is $6 billion. And he's saying, you know, Elon Musk replies and says, okay, show me, show me how you're justifying this number right and uh you know i think what i think the 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 issue is is how we simplify such a big issue as solving world hunger right and i it was just an interesting uh back and forth uh between these guys so after beasley uh, replies him and offers to meet up with him and give him a presentation of how he's going to establish these you know how he's going to save world hunger musk then replies to him in another tweet and says publish your current and proposed spending in detail so people can exactly see where the money goes Mm. sunlight is such a wonderful thing right what i thought I don't know why I thought it was such an interesting story. As I'm kind of getting to the end of it, I'm like, yeah, I was just a little bit more excited because I thought he was really going to do it. But it just turns out he was really just chirping this guy at the end of it all. Okay. See, I saw the headline for this and I didn't take it seriously at first. And I just, when I saw that he said, prove to me or show me how the six billion will do it and then I'll donate it first. To me, that was just like a billionaire kind of flexing his muscles publicly to say yeah yeah the whole thing so i saw that and i was like i however this turns out he's probably not going to wind up donating six billion so i really just kept on zooming past it as soon as i saw the headline and i was like this is going to resolve itself eventually but um yeah i don't take elon musk all that seriously yes he's a billionaire but just because he has money i don't know if he's necessarily (sighs) someone that actually cares about the welfare of other people per se well, Reddy Fox, where were you when I was reading this article? I'm just saying. First time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. But yeah, it, 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 that's exactly what it was, and I, I was just excited because I was like, "Is this really?" It's one of those moments where I I I, I should have lowered my expectations. It's like it's like one of those things that you saw and you're like, "Did I hear that right?" I felt for the clickbait. Yeah, I'm, that's I'm, that's I, to me that is clickbait, and that's just Elon Musk trolling. Everybody, I don't know if it's in poor taste or not, but he's kind of calling out this guy that was trying to call him out. But I didn't yeah. think he was taking it seriously to begin with. I just felt like he was just trying to call like the World Food Program's bluff because they called him out in the first place. And no, billionaires but... have been coming under fire because they're all doing these space race expedition things or whatever, and people are not pleased yeah. about that. So yeah. What do you mean, Solly's super pleased about it? He's gonna go. <laughs> you know, I think that's. I think that's another conversation, but. I don't I, I don't necessarily understand why people are mad about them spending money on the space race. It's not a space it, race per se. It's whatever just, it is. It's like three guys space, with too much money space, on their hands space that want to. Yeah, like people are seeing the amount of money that they're probably spending to do that and thinking you could have paid off how many kids tuitions. There's so many different ways that that money could have spent more 
you know, effectively than yeah, these guys just yeah. having fun staring, to, taking selfies of themselves in space and stuff like, you know. <laughs> Yeah. Are they doing any scientific experiments on these flights to try to help improve anything for humanity? I don't think so. But I mean, you know, taking being able to take civilians to space is, uh, you know, the only people civilians are rich people, huh? Civilians are rich people. Well, well, if it's any any uh, any technology that is created or invented, typically starts off being able to be only afforded by the rich. Like when cars were first invented, only rich people were able to drive. So cars. we'll be able to go to space in twenty years. Space travel is not I, new. They're not inventing space travel. For 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 people who aren't trained astronauts, Uber space. They're inventing Uber space. But the point, my point being, is while I I definitely identify with people's perspective on like you know billionaires could be spending their money to end world hunger and you know fight climate change or fight political and in, you know injustice. Mm-hmm. I also, you know, a human, like, you know, the human race is, is the reason we're able to, you know, have progress is because people do things like trying to get into space, bring people into space. It's part of it. I, I'm doing a horrible job explaining yeah. it. And I wanted to get, yeah. I didn't really plan on getting to that diversion, but I wanted to just quickly then touch on this. We don't have much time, but um, move on to this next story about food banks. Um uh, they're already in crisis mode due to pandemic. Uh, mm. People, more and more people, have been relying on food banks, and now they're bracing for more visits as the cost of living rises. Um, according to uh, Food Banks Canada, uh, a new report said that almost all of uh, Canada's four thousand seven hundred and fifty plus food banks have experienced a surge in. Uh, People requesting their services. Not surprised. Um, the findings are contained in a newly released report, Hunger Count uh, 2021. According to David Armour, the C- CEO of Food Banks Canada, we're seeing high food prices, we're seeing high housing prices, we're seeing an anticipated pullback of government, and we're seeing high unemployment continuing throughout the COVID pandemic. Uh, something really frightening, according to uh, re- the report, Canadians made 1.3 million visits to food banks in March 2020, March 2021, which was a 20 percent increase compared to March 2019. Yeah, of course. Uh, and in Toronto, 50 percent more people in- needed uh, food support than before the pandemic happened. Mm-hmm. So this is a this is a matter and I know we're going to touch on this directly uh, related to minimum wage and how uh, the cost of living and uh, as you know the in Ontario they're about to raise the uh, minimum wage to $15. However, according to calculations by the Ontario Living Wage Network, uh, a living wage in Ont- in Toronto is $22. <laughs> and eight cents. Yeah. So uh, I don't know how they're going to square that circle, but uh, they're not. The, the cost of living is going up, and uh, the cost wages are not. Wages are not going up. And uh, do you think that? Uh, I know there's a stigma around people who have to access shelter, but how do you feel about people who have to access things like food banks, like families? Do you feel like there's the same stigma around uh, a food bank's usage as? as a a shelter usage Mm, not really i think there's a stigma but i think it's harder to prove like it's harder for people to look at you and be like you go to the food bank 
versus mm, yeah. do you live in a shelter? You know what I mean? I just, uh, I just, yeah, I, I, I can't, uh, I find it hard to, to, uh, yeah, it's 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 just a, it's just a difficult situation. I can't imagine what it must be like the the dig you know feeling like you have to use a food bank, but you know it's a it's 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 bleak times. Even though we're moving through this pandemic, supposedly it's almost over, but uh, something to be aware of, man. Be there's a lot of people who are still suffering out there, so they're calling on some solutions to to help alleviate some of these uh, issues. Uh, new support for low income renters, increased support for low wage and unemployment wor- unemployed workers. Um, Policies that would establish a minimum income floor for all workers, as well as increased supports for low-income single adults. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's all we have time for during this segment uh, of uh, Have You Heard. we got to wrap up and pay some bills right now. But for those of you who are listening to the podcast, stay with us. But for the rest of y'all, stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. What? Yeah. Yeah, that was that was a uh, horrific. That's okay. I mean, <laughs> was it okay? No, it was terrible. Sorry, it podcasters. Downhill from the Elon Musk. My uh, my brain is. Uh, you're you know tired. What? I, you seem like you're tired. I these stories, I in my mind, I was like, yeah, there's 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 conversations that, but you know what? It felt like a, it felt like I was reading a news brief rather than having a conversation. Yeah, I don't. You know that whole thing with Elon Musk. It just made me the first time I saw that I was just like, fuck that guy, man. I was like, fuck him. My problem is I definitely, when I first read the story, I was, I don't know. I don't know what excited me about it. But then when I read more into it, by the time I realized I was what, it, what I was in for, I was like, oh, I've invested too much time in, in laying out this story. <laughs> and so for the food back food banks thing um i should have started i should have went with that first that's okay but uh i would I, I would actually say too that the stigma i think there is still a stigma because i don't think anybody wants to be known for someone that has to go to a food bank in order to get yeah. food in the first place and it's maybe like it's almost like a dirty little secret that people will keep to themselves yeah, like you're not going to exactly. advertise that to people that you needed yeah, to go to a food yeah. bank to get food so in that regard i think there is a stigma but because of the pandemic and what we've mm. seen, especially like in the States, remember last summer, um, just after the pandemic, when a lot of people were losing jobs and stuff and the lineups that you saw for people trying to eat, to get into food banks. Mm-hmm. So it's like so many people have been thrown into this boat that I think less people are going to be judgmental of other people mm. that do use them. You know yeah, what I mean? I so. so I think I that's improving so. in that regard, but only improving because people's situations are getting worse, which is not good. Right. So, yeah. Yo, can yeah. I be right back? I want to cut this hangnail. It's bothering me. You want to cut a hangnail? Yes. Be right okay. back. You need to. Okay. <laughs> I just want to be transparent. Sounds like. Yeah, Yo, do your thing, man. Do your thing. Okay. So, what do you what do you think about what like you wouldn't be happy about your situation if you had to rely on going to a food bank to get food? Yeah, that's what I mean, man. I, like I honestly, and I, I guess it's. I guess this is uh, an indication of my level of privilege, you know, the way that I'm able to live in in Toronto. But yeah, I wouldn't even know where to begin, how to access a, a food bank, you know. Oh, okay. what I mean? And so I, I, that's why I was as I was reading this this story. And yeah, but that's because you've about... never needed it. The trust me, the day that you need a food bank, you'll find out every single. You'll know where to go. True. Yeah. Oh you're, yeah. You're not gonna yeah. let ignorance of not knowing where to go keep you from eating. So. 
Yeah. You just don't know yeah. because you've never needed them, right? Yeah. Absolutely. No, no, that's a good point. But, but yeah. Yeah, that I and, and I'm just kind of like, yeah, it's definitely one of those things that I guess I asked about the stigma cuz I would think if I had to access it, would I be, you know, would I tell people about it, right. you know? Would I tell Yeah, you wouldn't tell anyone. Yeah. yeah I wouldn't tell anyone. I wouldn't tell anyone either. Again, that's not something that you want. It's not true, but I think the way we've thought as a society is that if you're like using a food bank, you're like next to, you're like one step like above homelessness. Than. Like, yeah. right. you know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know. And this whole thing about 1.3 million uh, visits to food banks, like it went up 20% from 2019 to 2021. No surprise there whatsoever. Again, that's a result of stagnant wages, inflation, mm-hmm. the pandemic, people losing their jobs and all that stuff. And that's why a lot of people were saying that we shouldn't want to go back to the status quo. There mm-hmm. are so many people that are living just one paycheck away from, you know, financial ruin, so to speak. Like there's a lot of people that can't go one week without getting their paycheck without facing serious problems. Yeah. And it shouldn't be that way. No, but it, it is. Yeah, but it is. Okay, so um anything you guys want to talk? Oh, do you have a timer over there, children that you can um or yeah, solitaire let me, let me that get you can cuz I'm going to need you to time me when I start politics as usual cuz I only want to spend about 10 minutes on this minimum wage stuff so that we can get to the Debbie story. All right. So I think 15 minutes. I think we can talk about it for about 15 minutes or so. Yeah, I think so, for sure. I didn't know if it was enough for a 25-minute conversation, and I do want to touch on this um, Doug Ford thing. For everyone listening to the podcast, uh, Doug Ford did announce this week that uh, minimum wage is going up, and uh, you heard Solitaire mention that before, but we'll just dig into the details, and we'll actually compare the provinces, too, to see which province is the cheapest and which province is at least trying to help people. (laughs) Pardon? Something tells me the province that wants to help people is is, uh, in the East Coast. I'm moving to Saskatchewan. Why? <laughs> Based off of this list. Okay, you already looked at the list. You saw it. Cheaper, cheaper minimum wage equals cheaper cost of living. Probably sometimes, yes, but yeah, I guess so. Don't but it also means like nothing to do, probably. And probably racism. <laughs> yeah, and you probably have to deal <laughs> with it a bit more. Uh, probably yeah. racism. Yeah, there's a racism tax involved in um <laughs> in that minimum wage that. You said Saskatchewan, be. right? Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. Now, if you had to guess, though, which province would you think has the highest minimum wage? Van- oh, highest? Uh, uh, why was I going to say Vancouver? Wow, I'm an idiot. It's okay. I think I think uh, Quebec. Quebec. That's what I would have guessed, too. I would have guessed Quebec. To be honest, yeah, BC. Okay, we'd be wrong, but we'll see, in the, we'll see when we get to politics as usual. So just let me know when uh, my 10 minutes is up. Um, okay, tell me when to start it. Give I'll him start the it when I... ready, ready roll. What do you mean? Just start it when we start the. Oh, we, when ha- we start the show. Yeah, yeah. yeah we have twenty. We have twenty-five minutes, and I want to spend ten minutes, ten to twelve minutes, talking about a minimum wage, because okay. this guy's trying to pull the okie doke, man. I'm I'm not here for it. And we're not okie doke about it. Yeah, no. Yeah, I well, will, I mean that's us. This guy is trying to. He's. I think he's doing it now too, because by June he's hoping that people won't remember all this stupid shit he's done, but. That's why people hashtag won't. is here to remind people. <laughs> don't vote for this guy. Don't do it, please, you guys listening to the podcast. Don't. Okay. So you can start solitaire whenever you want. 
Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Good hello. Welcome back to the program. You are tuned in, dialed in, locked in to the greatest conversation on the planet. Ladies and gentlemen, you're tuned into hashtag right here on Vibe 105. Even though uh, I don't feel my first segment was the greatest, <laughs> I feel like I have to publicly acknowledge that. You know when you you know when you feel like you didn't do your best and it's like ah, you can't take it back. But uh, yeah. I want. But you don't want people to think that you thought you did great when it wasn't that good. You know it wasn't those ones that bad like, either. You're you're being hard on yourself, but it's just yeah, I know Elon uh, yeah, Musk is not it. to be taken. Well, can you not <laughs> take someone who's a billionaire serious because they you wield so much power in our society when you have that kind of money that yeah, it's yeah. like you want to say they're not someone to be taken seriously, but. For the fact that they managed to amass that type of wealth, it's someone that yeah. you should take seriously, I guess. It's such a, you know, going, yeah, I guess we're touching on that, but it it's such a ridiculous... You like, regret bringing unf- it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's such an unfathomable amount of money. When I just try to think of it in relation, like if I had $300,000... Right. And... I can end world hunger with sixty thousand dollars. I can end world hunger. Am I? Re- is it? Is it? But I mean, I guess like you know, without you. without diving back into it, we it, are though. It is. It's. I know. <laughs> Go on. It's a lot more difficult than it sounds. There's a lot. I, I think that's kind of where. I think that's what I was extracting from what essentially was Elon Musk kind of being immature. I yeah. think really in, in trolling in, the world and not a, a cool little bit way. of a troll, but yeah. I think it is basically saying that, you know, when the news headlines make, you know, say something like we, these billionaires can end world hunger with $6 million. It's like, it's, it's, it's a number and it just seems like it's really because it's acceptable because they're rich, but it, it's yeah. complicated. Yeah. It's complicated. Like relationships on Facebook. Sure. Exactly. Okay. Now, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I'm going <laughs> to pass the baton over before I screw this up any further. I'm going to pass it over <laughs> to DJ Ready Fox for this segment of Politics as Usual. Okay, so there's two stories that we're going to talk about, and I want to um, make sure I have enough time for both stories. We're going to talk about Doug Ford. He's, ra- he's raising minimum wage. And um, mm-hmm. the timing of this, I just find comical, to say the least, or whatever. <laughs> and we all know why he's doing this, but... I just want to remind people, this is almost like a public service announcement to say, don't be fooled by Doug Ford. Don't. He he doesn't care about you. He He doesn't. He cares about himself. So we're going to talk about that. And also we're going to touch on the story that we mentioned for our poll question um, about the sad passing away of, uh, some people refer to her as Debbie Toronto. Um, Some people call call her like an Instagram Toronto icon, legend, and all this stuff or whatever. But unfortunately... She passed away this week. Um, mm-hmm. I believe it was from a drug overdose. Um, mm-hmm. And people were really quick on social media to indict and uh, point fingers at Six Buzz, as well as uh, what was the other? Um, Real so- Toronto News. Real Toronto News, because these guys used to post a lot of posts about her, Debbie, mm-hmm. but they were doing it in a way that people felt was just to make fun of Exploited, her. Ex- yeah, exploitative. To get clicks and all that stuff or whatever. So because once she passed away, Six Buzz said, said, you know, rest in peace and all that stuff. And people said, you know, you have no right to say that. You guys exploited her and you share some of this blame with her passing away. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about that. So let's get to the Doug Ford stuff real quick. And then we're going to turn to that because minimum wage will be going up in January. So... Mm. 
this is a good thing. Remember, you were just talking a little while in the last segment about how a lot of people are relying on food banks now because Mm -hmm. people have lost their jobs. Inflation prices are going up, but wages have not. But Mm -hmm. now it was announced on Tuesday that the Ontario government will be raising the minimum wage to $15 an hour, which will be starting next next year. All right. Mm. So and you also mentioned before in the last segment that um, a lot of economists are saying that $15 an hour is not enough. It's not a livable wage for for what the prices are right now. And they're saying that $22 an hour would be more feasible for people to be able to live on minimum wage so well, based based on how much it costs to live in toronto yeah, <laughs> and, yeah especially in toronto so currently the minimum wage right now is 14 dollars and 35 cent 35 cents so the increase will come into effect on january 1st and um doug ford was quoted saying when he was announcing this that for many ontarians wages haven't kept up with increasing costs of living making it harder than ever to make ends meet And he says, I've always said workers deserve to have more money in their pockets because they've worked hard and put in long hours. And when he says, I've always said, I was like, you've always said this? (laughs) (laughs) You've always said this, Doug Ford? Wow. Lest we forget, and this is why I wanted to talk about this, because I... We have this election coming up for for the premiership, which will be happening... Of course, it's going to be happening June 2nd. Let's not forget all the things that he did rolling back the school curriculum without consulting teachers, cutting councils Mm -hmm. in half um, for Toronto during an election, by the way. Mm -hmm. Um, He didn't do a good job in distributing COVID vaccines when it first started. He, you know, so many things. There were protests every other week when he first took office. So I just want to remind everyone of this because he's doing this now, obviously, because he has an election coming up. But it was September 2018. Remember this that the Ford government froze minimum wage. Kathleen Wynne was planning on raising minimum wage and Doug Ford stopped it. His government stopped that. So Mm -hmm. people asked him, rightfully so, why now? And we know why. (laughs) But his answer was, we didn't have a a pandemic back then. Things were different. A lot of things have changed since 2018. So I I don't buy it. How do you do you think he's actually caring about people and their situations during the pandemic or is he just trying to make himself look good to people? Maybe I'm just being cynical. What do you guys say? I think he doesn't care about anyone. And I think (laughs) that everyone is blaming everything on Miss Rona and I'm starting to feel bad for her. But um, (laughs) but no, but I'm serious. No, I think. Yeah, I think he's definitely 100 percent just doing it for the for the election. Like, yeah. No denying that. That's the first sure. thing I, I thought when I saw this. What, what were your thoughts, Solitaire? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's so it. The pandemic has provided such a such an easy scapegoat for people like Doug Ford to be able to say, you know, it's you know, as if to say that back in 2018 there was no justification for a minimum wage increase. You know it's ridiculous it's 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 very it's very transparent what he's doing and my my cynicism makes me believe that uh you know he's people are gonna forget i hope not that's the thing i've I've been wondering about that because it's still a long way to go before the election actually happens and once people have a bit more money in their pocket they may feel like things are at least a bit better than they were before and he'll use this to his advantage 
And I think I no, you know what? I thought people were gonna forget, but then I just remembered like those anti maskers and anti vaxxers, bro, they're gonna outnumber they're not gonna forget. Nope. Maybe. But here, just recently as well he just announced that there will be no a vaccine mandate for healthcare workers. Mm-hmm. So some people are criticizing Doug Ford of saying he's caving to the anti vax crowd by doing that, but they also did say like a lot of uh potential um medical medical care workers could lose their jobs because of the mandate. So he doesn't want healthcare to suffer in the province because of a mandate. That's his excuse as well. So you know real... his daughter is outwardly anti-vax. Yes, yeah, I've seen that as well. She's been all over the place on social media. So how do you? Do you that she's not someone to take seriously, though. I imagine, right? I yeah. just because she's his daughter. I don't know. I did not know that. You didn't know like that? Outward. Yeah. She posts everything on Instagram about anti-vax. Yeah, it's, it, I think it's a little bit of a PR problem for Doug Ford that his daughter's out there. He's yeah. trying to preach you know, the vaccine is safe and take it. And his daughter is out there saying, nope, this and that and all that. So real quick, I just wanted to take a look at the uh, provinces around the country, just in case you were like, you know what, I need to make more money. This $15 an hour ain't cutting it. Where else can I make a little more money in the province or in the country? And unfortunately, unless you want to go to none of it, Because that is where the highest minimum wage is in Canada at $16 an hour. Just a dollar. The cost of living there is even higher. About to say, yeah. Yeah. Like a loaf of bread will cost you $16. And if you want to go to the Yukon and Northwest Territories, $15.20 an hour. That's what the minimum wage is there. And it's also the same for uh, British Columbia. So British Columbia holds the record for having the the province with the highest uh, minimum wage because none of it. And, um, Northwest Territory. They're all considered territories. So I'm looking to see on this list where the lowest minimum wage is. And it looks like it's New Brunswick. New Brunswick has the lowest minimum wage at $11.75. I didn't. I I would not have guessed that. Okay. And just a heads up for everyone in Newfoundland and Labrador, you're going to get a raise um, coming in 2022 as well. And those guys are sitting at (laughs) $12.75. And, so the way you said it, like you're in charge. You're going to get a raise. Well, they're they're planning on raising their uh, minimum wage as well. This is not my choice. If it were my choice, we'd go up to the $22 an hour. Um, so that's it. And, you know, I, I really thought Quebec would have the highest for some reason. But, no, I never mm-hmm. thought that. I thought lowest. You thought Quebec would have the lowest? Why? Why? Black Quebecois is very... <laughs> er. Yeah. Well, they're very conservative <laughs> there too, so they probably don't want to help people, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? So we'll see. But again, I just want... It's, this is just a PSA for everybody. Don't let Doug Ford fool you. He doesn't care about you. Don't let him fool you! <laughs> Thank you, Solitaire. Exactly. No, no! Okay, so let's move on to this sad story, unfortunately. Because um, this... I want to talk about the responsibility that people expect, which I don't think people should expect from social media accounts that kind of do like hood journalism for lack of Mm -hmm. a better way of putting it right so Mm -hmm. there was this uh instagram person well she was made famous on instagram in toronto her name was debbie and she had a pretty sad and troubled history and she passed away unfortunately this week from a drug overdose it was possibly fentanyl we're not sure yet because there's still details coming out from the story but she was trending on twitter when the story Mm -hmm. did come out it came out on tuesday and um this girl, she was in and out of shelter homes. She claimed there was a video that was circling um, around on social media just shortly before she passed away. She was speaking to this guy at Dundas Square saying that, you know, she's bounced around shelter homes. She's claimed that no one was there to look out for her. 
and she couldn't get a job because she had a lot of tattoos and all that stuff. So she was just basically relying on charity or the kindness of others to get by. And actually, mm -hmm. um, friends and family and fans of hers, a GoFundMe was started for her uh, mm -hmm. this week as well so they could try to pay for the expenses for a funeral. But uh, shortly after she passed away, a lot of people on Twitter, and when I say a lot, I mean a lot of mm. people started tweeting at Six Buzz and that Toronto News. Um, what was it called again, Nina? Real Toronto, Real Toronto News. News. Real Toronto News. So Real Toronto News and Six Buzz TV. I guess they're infamous in the city for talking about stuff happening in the streets. It's like the CNN of the streets mm. of Toronto, so to speak. If you want to find out what's going on on the streets, but... and not and not and not CNN like uh, like Central News Network, CNN like Capone Noriega, CNN like the street news. Yeah, but exactly. So, but <laughs> a lot of people on Twitter, especially, were saying because Six Buzz and these other social media accounts were saying, you know, rest in peace. You know what a tragedy and all that. People were pretty angry because they felt like Six Buzz and these other guys took advantage of her. They were mm -hmm. posting things on her about her to get clicks and to make fun of her and to give people an opportunity to get a laugh off of this girl. So, mm -hmm. you know, people said, Debbie's a perfect example of people who only care about you when you're gone. These Toronto media pages exploited her, setting her up for harassment in real life. And then they get clout off of the expense of her struggles. A lot of people, this was basically a common theme running through a lot of these um, tweets at Six Buzz. So... Real quick, before we get into the kind of the philosophical questions of all this, what were your first impressions when you heard the story about it? And did you also have this same kind of visceral, angry reaction towards Six Buzz because, you know, they were wishing her, you know, rest in peace type stuff? Hmm. I'll start with you, Nina, because I know you probably have a lot to say about this. Um, okay, when I first heard about it, I actually saw the TikTok video earlier that morning. And then I went on Twitter on my lunch break and I saw people tweeting stuff about Debbie. And I was like, yeah. oh, like that TikTok went really viral. Like, and then I went on Instagram and I saw she passed away and I was like, oh my God, like I was shocked. But, um, I don't know, like when people were getting that six buzz, I knew it was coming. Like the first, my first instinct when I saw them post the rest in peace was straight to the comment section. Right. And <laughs> everybody yeah. was was getting at them because yeah there was a point in time where they posted her almost i'm not kidding you every single day they posted debbie and then they just randomly stopped like all together okay so they yeah. built themselves where they wanted to be and then just stopped okay so hold that thought solitaire what were your first impressions about this story when you saw it because i want to actually address our poll question that nina posted earlier because this is a good jump off point for talking about this so mm -hmm. what were your thoughts just initially when you heard the story were, were you just like the rest of us just, oh, that's a tragedy? Or did you also have that angry reaction towards Six Buzz TV and these other social media accounts? Uh, my initial response was sad, but not surprised. I did not immediately uh, connect the dots between Six Buzz and Debbie's, uh, and Debbie's passing, but I remember first being, you know, being exposed to her online and... Um, uh, yeah, I, I, this is this is a tragically a day that I you know I, you would hope that she got the help that she needed. Clearly, she didn't, but you knew she had problems. So it was kind of I remember first encountering her and kind of being annoyed, you know, irritated when you first come across something like a kind of like a caricature type person online, like you know these and kind of videos. Let me just say because she really spoke with like a heavy accentuated toronto men's mm -hmm. 
slang, so yeah. to speak, or whatever. So I think for some people, it was like a joke thing to see a white yes. girl speaking like that. So yes. that was part and of the using, thing. And using the N-word as well. Oh, she used mm-hmm. the N-word a lot as well, too? Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, that's yeah. unfortunate. So 100%. Okay, yeah. so let me just ask you guys the same question that we're putting in our poll question now. So do you think blogs like Six Buzz and Real Toronto News hold any responsibility because they do post about, especially for Debbie here, which is the inspiration for this conversation, but I'm sure there are other people, too, that they probably post of in order to kind of exploit to get clicks. But... Do you think they hold any responsibility when it comes to stuff like this happening where there's a tragedy and this person overdoses or they get a lot of harassment in public because, you know, people see them on these platforms that have millions of people following these platforms? So do you Mm -hmm. think they play a part? Do you think, no, it's just part of their branding or do you not follow them? And I will just start because I don't follow Six Buzz anymore. I -hmm. used to follow Six Buzz, but some of the stuff I saw them posting, I felt was... A, not very entertaining, but also to be in poor taste. I don't remember seeing Debbie on it, but what they, the type of stuff they were already posting, I was like, you know what? I don't need to keep following them. It was fun for a little while, and it's nice mm-hmm. to kind of see what the young kids of Toronto are doing. But <laughs> at the end yeah. of the day, I was like, this is not for me. So no. do you feel they have a responsibility? Do you still follow Six Buzz and these guys? And I'll start with you, Nina. So yes and no, because this is the thing too, right? Like there was also an interview I saw where Debbie, Debbie talks about she was submitting videos to them. And like a lot of times six buzz posts the videos that they get sent that people are sending to them to get posted on the blog, which okay. Yeah. Is them going with their brand. Now I don't know behind the scenes business. If Debbie had any sort of financial deal with them or anything in exchange for her videos, I'm not hundred percent on that. So I can't speak on that. But in that sense, it's like, you were sending the stuff to them to be posted. However, I do like, I do also, yes, feel bad that like they did exploit her as a a comedic thing. Like everyone was, nobody was laughing with her. Everybody was making fun of her. Like Mm -hmm. that's a fact. No, not one person was sitting there laughing, laughing with her. And I think that's also where kind of where the sad part comes in. And, you know, I, I do think at some point, like, there is some kind of responsibility. Like, I don't know. I, I I just think if I was in that position and yes, this person's sending me videos to be posted, but like, I know something's wrong. I would just also like say to them, maybe like, you know, like, like you need help or something, but then it's also like, how do you approach that? What if they flip out and say, it's not your business? You know, it's, I don't know. It's a tough thing. I, mm-hmm. I see both sides. A hundred percent. I see both sides. I kind of see both sides, but I will give, I will answer to both of that after solitaire. What are you, what are your thoughts about it? So do you feel like um, six buzz or real Toronto news? They have sort of responsibility, you know, do they play, are they culpable? Do they have a part that play in this tragedy, especially when it comes to Debbie? Huh, yeah, it's it is it is complicated. I, I, I Nina brings up some very strong points um, to get on that platform. It's not like they're creating the content, at least as far as we know. There is the possibility, and I don't want to I don't want to project or try to uh, accuse Six Buzz or any of these outlets of doing this, but it has been done where you would you know pay people to pay people for these kind of content as well, like. There's the there's the end of people paying to have their content featured, but you know there are situations where you'll pay somebody to to get content to put on your page, especially if you know it's going to go viral or has the potential to go viral. So it is 
you know, that dance of trying to get eyeballs on your platform and doing whatever it takes. And as we know, in hip hop, there's kind of like an anything goes kind of uh, modus operandi in terms of media. And, you know, there is it is a little it's a harder edge. You know, you're t- you're dealing with a subculture. So I do think that they have some responsibility. But at the same time, even as a troubled individual, as troubled an individual as Debbie was, there is accountability. And like Nina said, she was submitting videos as well. And she does uh, have some accountability for some of the choices in her life. But at the same time, <laughs> again, it even got more complicated. She was a kid yeah. when she first started. She was like, the first time I heard about her, she was like 14, 15 years old. You know what I mean? So, and she was already at that stage where you could see the path that she was on. So, but again, it has to do with the integrity of your platform. Like, what is it that you are that you are selling to people? And in that regard, they're definitely it, this is definitely on brand for Six Buzz, and they should take some responsibility for that. Okay, I don't think they should. I don't think they. I don't think they should be taking any. If you're exploiting someone that's a minor, that's different. But once she was a minor, she well, definitely okay, she a minor. was a minor. But if you're an adult. And they're posting of you. But I also think the people that are following these accounts share part of the blame. Because uh, yes, yes. If, you, if, you, if you're going to say that they were wrong for posting all these things and exploiting her and making fun of her, check yourself. Are you still mm-hmm. following these accounts? Because the less followers that they have for this kind of stuff, they'll have to change up their content in order to, you know, the people speak, right? So mm-hmm. I think... Yes, a lot of people were upset with Six Buzz and with Real Toronto News because they were kind of using this girl. But why are you expecting integrity from these accounts? Like, this is social media, and I almost feel like anything goes. And the way you show whether or not you're cool with it or not is by following them or not. And if you're following them, I don't think you really have that much high ground to speak, to stand on, to say that, you know, point the finger at them and saying, you're you're responsible for this. You know what, Reddy? I, I, you in that comment, you definitely altered my perspective because you raise an important point, and that is because, like you, I also stopped. I don't follow Six Buzz either, so I only sometimes people send me links to Six Buzz, but they made their account private, so you have to be, you have to follow them to get their content. So I don't, mm-hmm. I, I'm like, you know what I mean? And it was like you, I came to that that light bulb moment where I was like, this is not for me. I, I can't in good conscience support this by with my follow and my attention. So you're right. It is more so. And I think people, I think the anger has come out because they're, these are clearly people who are following six buzz. So the fact that they're angry, it's almost like you got to turn the camera on yourself because the reason that it became popular is because of people viewing it. So that's a good point. That's okay. Point, really. We we don't have a lot of time left, but there's there, one of our loyal listeners that listens all the time. Michael, big shouts out to you. Thank you for listening to the show. He actually called in while we were live in the studio a couple mm-hmm. of weeks ago, but he made a pro, he made a kind of a juxtapos- juxtaposition point to say that the attention that she got was better than no attention at all, basically, mm-hmm. because there are so many people that are suffering in silence that have mental health issues that at least with Debbie, people knew about her. There was an opportunity for someone to reach out to her to help her. But how many millions of Canadians are dealing with mental health issues or bouncing around from shelters um, that we simply don't know about? And Mm. of course, obviously, there's millions. So does Michael have a point 
Is some attention better than no attention at all, even if that attention is negative in the terms of why we're critiquing Six Buzz and Real Toronto News in the first place? And I'll start with you, Nina. He has a point, but I guarantee you by the end of next week, everyone will have forgot about this, or at least <laughs> after her funeral's done. And I don't say that to be rude or anything, but just realistic. The reality of it. That's what always happens. Something like this happens. There's a big uproar. Somebody dies. Everyone's like, oh, my God, why didn't we do more? And then the cycle repeats and everyone just forgets about it, moves on. And then the cycle repeats. Look at all these rappers, for example, upcoming rappers in Toronto who it was like nonstop for a while. But everyone, the exact same thing would happen. Everyone would get in this uproar and talk about supporting each other and blah, blah, blah. But it just recycled all over again. Like it never stopped. So I don't think. Anything is going to change from this, to be honest. I think everyone's just going to sit there and say what they had to say, and then it is what it is. That's what the, I don't think nothing's going to change from it. So nothing positive, you think, comes from the fact that at least with these platforms like Six Buzz or Real Toronto News, where, you know, yes, they might be making fun of somebody, but it's make at least it's raising a public awareness about this particular person that could be in need of help, and they might get that help because now they're on people's radar because of Six Buzz or because of Real Toronto News. So... We don't have a lot of time, but Solitaire, what are your thoughts on this before we wrap up? You know, the way that you point the the point that you were just making there, Nina, is why I think it I do agree with what Michael was saying in that there is now a frame of reference. There is an anecdote that people can refer to, especially in terms of her specific situation, dealing with mental mental health and and um you know, being bounced around and from foster home to foster home, dealing with drugs, um, wh- whether or not it's uh, it was better for her to be more to be visible and get that profile. I think, you know, I think if the story were one where she overcame her her, her setbacks, I would see his point more. Right. But I think that ultimately regardless you know it feels very exploitative uh of her story and you know for for yeah i i don't know it's 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 just sad man i i haven't really had time to to wrap my head around it but okay hopefully hopefully we'll learn something from this in there and they'll do better next time okay so we we have to wrap up for that time but i just want to leave this thought for people out there if you're if you're following some of these accounts, whether it's Shade Room or Six Buzz or whatever, and they're posting stuff more often than not where you're like thinking twice about it, or maybe you think it's in poor taste, stop giving these people your attention. That's the commodity. That's what they want. They want your attention. And the best way for you to show that you don't approve or you don't agree with something like this, stop following these accounts. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I'd, it's hard, easier said than done, maybe for some people, but you know. If you're upset about how Six Buzz treated this girl and you're still following Six Buzz, I don't know what that. If, you got to maybe take a look in the mirror. But exactly, that's that's all time we have for politics as usual for this week. I appreciate that, Ready Fox, and uh, you know, last but not least, rest in peace and you know, yeah. condolences to anybody that uh, was a loved one of Debbie. Um, we are prayers go out to you. And ladies and gentlemen, uh, we have to pay some bills. For those of you who are tuned in to the radio station, stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. If you're listening to the podcast, stay with us. This is Hashtag. You know I follow Six Buzz. I know you do. (laughs) (laughs) I know you do. 
but my point was a little like I didn't necessarily agree or disagree. Okay. But, no, but but my sister's like my sister, for example, she unfollowed Six Buzz a long time ago because a lot of people also are like Six Buzz also purposely pits like races against each other in the comments too with some of the stuff they post like racist they want it to be yeah like they want it to be like a race like they they post stuff knowing that people are going to go in the comments and be racist and then just have a big giant fight about it yeah like so they're taking it they're doing the same thing facebook does in terms of how their algorithms mm-hmm. like the the more angry you can make people the more the longer they'll spend on your platform the more engaged they'll be with it like mm-hmm. it's it's the night it's like night crawler social media if it bleeds it leads right so yeah. that's that's the thing now we can continue talking about this a bit because i don't think it's realistic to expect integrity from these from these um things in the first Types place yeah, yeah like is is that not really real news that that this feels like a collective like we're being naive collectively if we're expecting integrity from these type of websites or social media platforms is that too far or is that no i think you know what i think i'm not sure about real toronto news because i don't follow them i think it's more like six bus yeah but i think it's even less i think it's more like street street like because i know some people who who followed that account and it's like like not no news at all on there but like you see with six buzz they actually sometimes post stuff about like politics or like when doug ford raised the wage and stuff like they actually post some actual news stuff that's not just like comedy or street stuff that's one that's one they because they went corporate yeah and that's where it gets i think confusing in that sense um but yeah bl- blogs like real toronto news i never expected no integrity from that or like there's other one wave room and stuff like i don't expect integrity on social media period like <laughs> at all i think i think yeah i think that i think that's the best way to approach it to be honest i, with I really you. don't but um yeah it's a sad story anyways um just trying to see if there was anything else that I wanted to ask you guys. Uh, does everyone who liked posts or continue to follow these accounts play a part in this tragedy? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. You know, I won't. So the first time I saw Debbie, like, I'm not going to lie. The first time I saw Debbie, I laughed. I thought it was funny. Right. And the second time I saw her and I was like, mm, it's still kind of funny. But then the third time I saw her was a video on another blog page. that didn't have a lot of followers. And she was like in a trap house, like doing drugs. And I was like, all right, now this is fucked up. Cause she was like mad young too. Right. And then I, that's the, that's the one, that's what I heard. There was apparently a post yeah. where they were like, she was on a live and there were, and people were commenting and she's like, dare me to take these pills. And a bunch like, of pills. Yeah. She took yeah, a shit yeah, ton People of pills were online too. daring her to take more pills. And I and think that was on Six that, Buzz, right? And that, it, I don't know if that one was on Six Buzz, but even after all that, like I met her in real life too once. And I was like, it was like, like, it was like not seeing a real person. Like, and hmm. she was like the exact same way she's on social media. Like, and does, is Six Buzz possibly guilty of also contributing to like violence in the streets in terms of, you know, I don't know, promoting artists or like encouraging confrontation amongst artists in the streets or whatever, because I remember people used to um, criticize uh, academics for that, Mm. for how he would post things and it would kind of create tension in the streets. And I think I've heard people say this about Six Buzz as well, too. Like, is is that the case as well? I think Six Buzz has picked a side with the artists they support and who they support. I don't think they have necessarily not that I, from what i remember i could be wrong i don't think okay. they've incited any kind of like street wars or anything or rapper wars or whatever i think right. they've clearly picked a side okay yeah 
Yeah. Okay. Definitely. I'm not even sure what the sides are per se, but there's Me this, neither, but... <laughs> there's all this hurt, like hood journalism is a thing right now. And it's like stuff like that, where at least back in the day when academics used to be doing it or whatever, where there'd be real street consequences for the stuff mm-hmm. that you're posting on social media. And you may be getting a lot of clicks and making money off of it, but are you thinking about the, the people you're impacting? Yeah, the collateral damage that's resulting from the stuff you're doing on social media. But again, I don't expect there to be integrity from people on social media. I think everyone's doing whatever they can to get as much attention on themselves, whether it's positive or negative, they'll take it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Anyways, that's it. We should probably move on because we're behind schedule and it's yes, getting sir. late. Um, hold on. And we're old. Sure. So, Solitaire, feel free to start the show whenever you damn well please. Good hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the program. You're tuned into Hashtag right here on Vibe 105. Yours truly, Solitaire, DJ Ready Fox, No Better Nina. Follow us on our social media platforms, of course. Like, subscribe, interact, slide into our DMs. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Okay. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't slide into no better Nina's DMs. But send a polite email. Send up yes, send a polite okay. email. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. Pro- <laughs> <laughs> Proper grammar and spelling. Anyway, uh speaking of Nina, let's let Nina speak for herself uh for this segment of music news. All right. So All right. okay. So to kick off November, Versus announced the launch of Versus Games, where wow. rappers will face off in a gaming tournament. Oh, so the first three-hour tournament went down on Wednesday with Lil Jon and Lil Tecca versus Big Boy and Big wow. Sean, so I guess Big versus Little, playing the new <laughs> Call of Duty Vanguard. T-Pain hosted the multi-round tournament with Migos hitting the stage for a performance during the intermission. Um, do you guys think that this could be as successful as versus, but maybe with gamers, or do you feel like it's kind of just one or the other, like pick one, like I am so horrible at predicting these kind of things because it's usually stuff I'm never interested in to begin with, but <laughs> I'm thinking that again, this will appeal to a younger set that where you'll be interested in it, not necessarily for who's involved, but what they're doing. So if you're interested in that call of duty type stuff, like what they were playing, then you might be and. It's almost a good mix if you can have artists that kids care about. If it was Migos instead of like Little John or Big Boy or whatever, where I don't know if kids are aware of who they are, their legacy, but they'll be interested in Call of Duty. And if it's like hip hop with gaming, that seems like a winning combination today. Hmm. But it's not something I'd be interested in. <laughs> uh yes uh to that sentiment it's not something that i've uh i've always been terrible with my hand-eye coordination when it comes to video games so i stopped playing at a very young age so i bun fire on anybody who plays video games because i'm a hater you but, shouldn't um, do that no nah, no i'm just kidding I'm obviously there I'm are some kidding. benefits i think like hand-eye coordination and stuff like that that you get from playing video yeah games. thanks 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 for 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 highlighting that, that and hand that. cramps just saying but i do think that this is uh something that could take off i think it de- it definitely is in line with versus as a platform and i like the fact that they're kind of expanding the brand in this way and i think with the success that gaming uh you know there's there's gamers like there's people who go to a stadium yeah. to watch games. It's like a billion dollar industry, games. bro. It's a billion yeah. dollar industry. Don't don't so, don't sleep on gamers. 
Well, there you go. So that's what I mean. So I think in in, in light of that, I I definitely see some potential in this. What? Like people wanting to see their favorite rappers or favorite entertainers game it uh, out. play Game It Out. Yeah, is, I could see that being successful. Is this a good idea to you, Nina? I don't know. I feel like versus is all, original versus is definitely going to always be bigger than this. But I feel like this is uh, this might sound rude. Okay, so basically the way I see it, like <laughs> the gaming community, like I don't see like I think they could make money off of it. Don't get me wrong. I think they could fill a stadium with people who want to watch this. But I feel like the gaming community and the hip hop community are two separate communities. I feel like there's not a lot of people in the gaming community who listen to hip hop that are like intense gaming enough to be like, I want to sit down and watch this. I like. I wish I had stats on how many people watch this. To be honest, I think I, I think there's a huge crossover between the gaming and hip hop community. You think I mean, so? Yeah. Maybe I just don't know enough about it. But okay. for me, no. I don't. I, I stereotype video gaming, right? People make a you, living playing video games just on Twitch alone, and um, I don't know. I th- I really think there's a big crossover. I really listen. Do. I, ha- I have two. I have two game titles to 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 refute what you're saying there, Nina. NFL, what is it? What do they call it? NBA 2K or whatever yeah, it is, and, NFL, and like NFL 2K. But I don't feel like it's as much. Like I feel like. That makes up a small part, a smaller part of the gaming community than the majority, if that makes sense. Mm. That's how I view it. But, but I mean, the popularity of it, as far as like the popularity of the music mm. and, and the and the association, I, I I think that the the potential is a lot higher than you're giving it credit for. Yeah, I agree. That's one millennial view that you're wrong on. Yeah, uh, for yeah. once. It- all right, I don't know anything about video games. <laughs> okay, so last weekend, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame held their 36th induction ceremony, inducting LL Cool J and Jay-Z. Nice. Eminem and J-Lo also made a surprise appearance during LL Cool J's performance, performing Rock the Bells and All I Have. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Dre joined the festivities as well, presenting LL Cool J with an award for musical excellence. Dame Dash is also reportedly ready to squash his beef with Jay-Z following his acceptance speech. Keep in mind the two most recent issues uh, was uh, happened earlier this year uh, after Jay-Z's attorney filed a lawsuit accusing Dame of auctioning off Hove's 1996 debut album Reasonable Doubt as an NFT. Wow. Dame filed a countersuit against Jay-Z claiming that he wrongfully claimed streaming rights for reasonable doubt for himself because as Dame's lawsuit pointed out, Jay-Z transferred streaming rights to S. Carter Enterprises LLC without authorization from Rockefeller. As a result, Dame was asking for $1 million in damages over unjust enrichment, breach of fiduciary... Yep, fiduciary. (laughs) Breach of fiduciary duty, replevin, and conversion, whatever those words mean. (laughs) Okay. During his speech, Jay spoke on his relationship with Dame saying, we was like, we were like, we we're going to create our own company. You know, that's hip hop. And we created this company called Rockefeller Records. Shout out to Dame. I know we don't see eye to eye, but I can never erase your accomplishments. And I appreciate you. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. And then Dame spoke out on Jay Z's speech earlier this week saying it was beautiful. I'm glad he said it for the culture. We need to squash everything. So hopefully if that was an extended olive branch, I'll spin one back. I have no beef with him. If he has no beef with me, let's get the lawyers out of it then and talk like men. But I definitely appreciate it. <laughs> so who do you guys think in this most recent beef or even in their beef overall, who do you think was right and why? Whose side are you on? Go ahead, Solitaire. <sighs> I. This is this is Jay Z like. 
I, and again, nobody can refute Dame Dash's involvement in making Rockefeller what it was. But he he speaks. He, he I think he he, he over he overemphasizes his involvement. Like at the end of the day, Jay wrote the rhymes. He picked the beats. You know, you could see you could see he was responsible for the material that made him as successful as he is. You know what I mean? Like a, a great business mind can't market and promote terrible music. And Dame, uh, you know, this is what is this? This is like a the third flare-up of their friendship since they parted ways. And, like, you know, I- I'm glad that Jay took the high road and, and acknowledged of his accomplishments. Of course he's going to take the high road. And acknowledge, you know, his contributions. And now now he wants to, now Dane wants to get the lawyers out of it. I'm like, oh, anyway. Listen, man. Okay, so we don't know for sure, truthfully, <laughs> what happened behind the scenes or whatever only dame dash and jay-z truly know but if you listen to jay-z's music and he's claimed that he never tells lies in his music <laughs> dame dash did not appreciate the generational talent that he had when he was working with jay-z because jay basically said oh you made hove well make, make another, another hove. make another hove did he make another hove clearly no, he not. Did not no he, no, he did, did not. not because there's only one jay-z and so i am kind of more on believing what jay-z had just seeing what the trajectory has been since they've parted ways mm-hmm. come on man why mm-hmm. why we shouldn't even be talking about this is we're insulting jay by even <laughs> trying to have this conversation see mm-hmm. i don't know much about their past all i know is this story yeah. but i feel like jay-z is not the kind of person to make a stupid business move that would land him in this kind of trouble so that's yeah. my opinion on it now um <laughs> Do you think that they will rekindle? And if so, do you think it could lead to any specific new business opportunities when one other, when with wow, with one another? Nope, nope, no rekindling. Nope. <laughs> Don't think it's gonna happen. No, no, I do not. I do not. And Dame Dash, even when he was, you know, in the thick of it with Jay Z and everything, I think he rubbed a lot of people in the industry the wrong way, because mm-hmm. Jay Z is still here to this day, and he's a, like anybody would work with Jay-Z in a heartbeat in the industry right now. And I don't think the same thing could be said about Dame Dash. Again, just based on seeing where they are right now, I think he rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. And I don't think there's any incentive or reason for Jay-Z to get back into business with him in any way, shape or form. He's going to be nice and cordial in public, but there's, there's no mending of the fences here in terms of them working together again. I don't think. Volunteer? No, no, no chance. No shot. Uh, I think that they had their moment, and I think based on you know just this last situation, like I, I don't see how they're going to be able to to kind of restore their the rekindle that relationship in, 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 in any meaningful way. I mean, what Jay's a billionaire, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I think uh, I think, and he's married to Beyonce. Yeah, I I, I think they should just you know try I to think be that's friends. That's important to mention. You know, mend their mend their relationship so it's at least cordial, and then uh, keep it pushing. Yeah. All right, on to the next story. <laughs> After dissing the Grammys back in 2019 and last year when they snubbed the weekend, Drake has decided to submit Certified Lover Boy for several categories at next year's awards. Okay. He submitted Certified Lover Boy for Album of the Year as well as the single "Way Too Sexy" for Best Rap Performance. <sighs> 
also submitted the track Girls Want Girls for Best Melodic Rap Performance and No Friends in the Industry for Best Rap Song. After the Grammy snubbed the weekend last year, Drake took to his IG story saying, I think we should stop allowing ourselves to be shocked every year by the disconnect between impactful music and these awards and just accept that what that was what once was the highest form of recognition may no longer matter to the artists that exist now and the ones that come after. He also went on to say that it's a great time for someone to start something new for the next generation to value and look forward to. And if you need a reminder, back in 2019, Drake voiced a similar sentiment during his speech for best rap song with God's Plan, basically saying awards don't have much value and then the grand producers cut him off just after that yes i remember how many categories of these do you think he'll win and do you think he should have submitted for other categories since he already submitted now solitaire do you want to go first no no you you, you. Okay. <laughs> i want to hear what you think first you know what i don't first of all can we come to some sort of a way too sexy is dude it's it's a banger it's catchy i can't deny it sorry it's not a good song. I don't like it. Okay, but all the same, I think uh, No Friends in the Industry, mm-hmm. great pick for putting in for best rap song out of the songs off of the album. That's definitely mm-hmm. one of the songs, the stronger songs on the album. But I don't really think there's anything like he's not. We may accuse him of being a hypocrite, right? That's what we're really going with this. Like he was saying, you don't need Grammys, so why is he submitting now? But. I don't think anybody cares at this point. I think whatever Drake does, his fans are going to go with him, whether or not, mm. you know, whatever he does. So I don't think mm. it really matters one way or the other. And it's just going to look good on his resume, having more rewards, right? Mm. Mm. Oh, yeah. Who's, who's he submitting his resume to? God? <laughs> so, yeah, so at the end of I the think... day, he's going to have this legacy. And part of that legacy is going to be how many Grammy wins he had, regardless. Like 20 years from now, how many people are going to remember this kind of this friction that hip hop and the Grammys are having, you know, Mm -hmm. they're just going to see those wins. Yep. You're right. And I think this is a testament to no matter there's certain institutions in music or in, 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 uh, in acting that no matter how controversial or how many people may be at odds, the tradition of it, the, the significance of it, the the fanfare around it, the, the aura around it will never be able to be denied. And this is the case, no matter even even the biggest artists like people had the gall, uh, uh, as Reddy would say, to compare him to Michael Jackson, one of the <laughs> biggest pop stars ever. You know what I mean? So he's at that level where he, people are even considering putting him in that conversation. And yet no matter how much he tries to downplay or minimize the significance of the Grammys, he's still ultimately the way I see it. He's tucking tail and, and submitting for Grammys because at the end of the day in music, there is no higher. You can get billboard. You can get the, you know, the Spotify, it's the pinnacle, uh, 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 Spotify artist of the decade, billboard artist of the decade. The Grammy yeah. still supersedes all of that. It's like the as Oscars, far as like man. just the way that like the measure of of, of Grammy of, of music royalty. Yeah, like every yeah. actor wants to win an Oscar. Every musician wants to win a Grammy. I feel like he's not like he didn't outwardly say like screw the Grammys. So I feel like yeah, it, he's obviously like hinting at like screw the Grammys. But mm-hmm. like so like him submitting is still like well I didn't really say that. So you think so he's a like, hypocrite? Uh, slightly, but like slightly but like 
I also think, yeah, I don't know. I, I think he's going to, um, I don't know. I don't think he, I don't think Girls Want Girls will go for best melodic rap song. Um, but I think Way Too Sexy will definitely win best rap performance, hundred percent. What um, about the other? See. What about the um, no, no friends, friends in the? Ah, uh, I don't know if it has that stature just yet. I think it's a great song. I listen to it every day. It's one of the stronger songs on the album. But I don't know. Um. Okay, and on to our last story here. The 2021 American Music Awards will be going down on Sunday, November 21st at 8 p.m. at the Microsoft Theater in L.A. with Cardi B serving as this year's host, which oh. makes me intrigued to watch, actually. That, that alone could make yeah. it interesting enough to want to watch just to see what, exactly. you'll, yeah, what you'll do. I agree. Hmm. 18-year-old Olivia Rodrigo leads this year's domina- nominations with eight. Trailing right behind her is The Weeknd with seven, while Doja Cat, Bad Bunny, and Giveon are tied with five nominations each. There was also an addition of three new categories this year, being Favorite Trending Song, with nominees from TikTok on this year's Most Viral Songs, oh. Favorite Gospel Artist, and Favorite Latin Duo or Group. There are also four awards each for the hip-hop and R&B categories this year. Now, we're going to do our normal hashtag predictions. So, Artist of the Year, Ariana Grande, BTS, Drake, Olivia Rodrigo, Taylor Swift, The Weeknd. I picked The week. Actually, I picked The Weeknd. I pick Ooh. Olivia Rodrigo. I've never Ooh. heard of Olivia Rodrigo. Because you're not on TikTok. Okay. <laughs> We gotta we gotta be quick about this solitaire. You can't dilly dally here. Uh, okay, okay. I, I feel like Ariana Grande. Okay. What? Okay. I, you're so wrong with that one, but cool. Yeah, okay. sorry, dude. Let's move new on. New artist, new artist of the year. Twenty four K Golden. I think it, I think that's how it's pronounced. Okay. Giveon, Mask Wolf, Olivia Rodrigo, The Kid Leroy. Okay, oh. I'm going with Olivia Rodrigo just because you seem to be a high odds <laughs> person. <laughs> Honestly, I'm going to go with her, but uh, I hope Giveon wins it, but I go with Olivia. I was going to say Giveon. Okay, right. so Solitaire says Giveon. Okay. okay. Uh, favorite trending song. Let's do this one. Skip over the next one. Sure. Favorite trending song. Erica Banks, Buss It. Remember the Buss It Challenge? Uh, Main Skin, Begging. Uh, I don't know. Begging. Oh, yeah. Huh? You. Are you sure that's it? I don't, I don't think know. I think that's a different Began. Uh, Megan Thee Stallion, Body, Olivia Rodrigo, Driver's License, Pop on It, Adderall, you know, Corvette, Corvette. Hop in the, like that. Right. I'm picking Buss It. No, this is a hard one, dude. I am picking Buss It just because that's the only one out of these that I've actually heard of and I've seen it on social media. I'm stuck between Adderall and Driver's License. Driver's License. Solitaire. Okay. We got to be quick. I'm going to go, go Adderall then just because. Uh, just to be okay. against them. <laughs> yeah, sure. Favorite male hip hop artist: Drake, Lil Baby, Moneybag Yo, Polo G, Pop Smoke. It's gonna be Drake. Yeah, I'm picking Drake. You know what? It's gonna be Pop Smoke. All right, that's possible. Why? Just be like a posthumous award? That's what you're saying, yeah. Solitaire? Possibly, yeah. yeah. Possibly. Okay. Favorite female hip hop artist: Cardi B, Coyle Ray, Erica Banks, Megan Thee Stallion, Sweetie. I think they're gonna give it to. Coyle Ray or Megan? Uh, I, I, let's say Coy. Say it again, Coy but Ray. just a little slower. Who were the favorite female hip hop artists you're saying? Cardi B, Coyle Ray, Erica Banks, Megan Thee Stallion, and Sweetie. I think it's going to be Sweetie. I don't know anything about her, but she just seems to be everywhere. So that's my uh, pick. I think it's going to be Coyle Ray. Uh, yeah, uh, probably, but I'm going to say Megan Thee Stallion. 
Okay. Any reason why? She still she still seems to be having a moment. I think uh, the controversy the, with the, everything, all her controversies, is still carrying on. Okay. Her 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 name out here. Mm-hmm. Favorite hip hop album: Drake, Certified Lover Boy, Juice World, Legends Never Die, Megan The Stallion, Good News, Pop Smoke, Shoot for the Stars, Aim for the Moon, Rod Wave, Soul Fly. Oh, Drake. Yeah, I'm picking Drake for this too. I think the Grammys love Drake. <laughs> I think they're going to give it to Megan. All right. Uh, how much more time do we have? Just a couple of minutes. Okay. Less than. Okay. Favorite hip hop song: Cardi B, Up. Internet Money featuring Gunna, Don Tolliver, and Nav, Lemonade. Lil TJ featuring Black, Call My Phone. Polo G, Rap Star, Pop Smoke, What You Know About Love. I'm going with Internet Money. I'm going with whatever Nina picks. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, okay. I'll, I'll, no, no, I'm gonna go calling my phone. All right. Uh, we got time for one more than your bullet points before. Okay. Yeah. Favorite R&B album: Doja Cat, Planet Her, Give On, When It's All Said and Done, Take Time, Her, Back of My Mind, Jasmine Sullivan, Hotels, and Queen Nyjah Misunderstood. I pick Her, Back of My Mind. Doja Cat. Give on. I think, no, Doja's going to win. Doja Cat. I want Give on to win, though. All right. Uh, time for my some quick headlines here. Will Smith opened up about his mental health struggles and considering suicide in a six-part docuseries streaming, now streaming on YouTube. Wow. Wow. I did the not baby... know that. Oh, you seriously? Oh, I wow. didn't hear about that. Uh, the baby has been forgiven after meeting with LGBTQ plus organization Relationship Unleashed for the comments he made at Rolling Loud. The CEO, Gwendolyn D. Clemens, says Dave Chappelle, on the other hand, is spewing hate speech disguised as comedy and that Dave has shown no remorse or empathy. There will be documentaries on the late DMX and the late Juice World coming to HBO before this year ends. Cardi B, Sweetie, City Girls, and more will be coming together for an all-female soundtrack to Halle Berry's sports drama movie called Bruised. And I don't know if Joe Budden is trolling or not, but there's a clip that surfaced today of him admitting on his podcast that he's bisexual. Hmm. Not sure if it's a troll. It was he was sitting down with the baby and the CEO Gwendolyn D. Clemens from Relationship Unleashed. And uh, yeah, okay, you know what? What? See, now, yeah. your reaction is what? Why is that your reaction, Solitaire? Because <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm a little shocked, to say the least. Perhaps shocked, but again, should that be news? If someone says they're bisexual, shouldn't we just be like, hey, congrats to you and keep it pushing? Shouldn't be anything that we think about, right? I, I mean, yes, Technically, but depending yes. on the person that's admitting it. He's thinking of the Joe button that he knows. Anyways. It's time for time traveling with no better Nina, ladies edition. Time traveling, Yep. So we're gonna pick artists that we think Nina has possibly heard of. That she always surprises us with the people she has and has not heard of. And um, you can ask the millennial that's sitting next to you in your home or in the car if you're listening to the radio right now, and it's not ask like them. Species. Yeah. Well, yeah. And ask them, have you heard of that person? Because Nina hasn't. She should be ashamed. So let's get started. <laughs> okay. Ah, uh, Reddy Fox. Yes. Do you think that No Better Nina has heard of Paula Abdul? No, no chance. Come on, dude. American Idol. Oh. Yeah. I forgot all about that. Do That's you, where uh, I know her from, though. I don't think I know any of her music. You don't I just know, know her from 
straight up. We're gonna have to ex- we're gonna have to establish some criteria, and I think it has to be like this because this is about music. You it has to be like, do you know her music? music? Yes. But she's heard of Paul I'm... Abdul, though. Yes, and I know what she looks like and everything. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah do you I know she so. used to be a cheerleader? Nope. I just know that she was on American Idol for a long time as a host. I mean, as a judge. She was a big '90s, early '90s R&B pop star, man. I think like, she had like, but the thing is, she had like two like three big songs she had keanu reeves in one of her videos and stuff too and everything yeah i remember that yeah man it's crazy okay so solitaire yes sir do you think that nina has heard of sade yes yeah you have nina are you... I think I may have heard a song, but I mostly were recall her because of Drake obsessing over. I was about to say oh. that's why she knows. Yeah, that's why she knows because Drake is like, "Yo, Sade is my favorite artist." Yo, want, Sade is a legend, somebody. Nina. That shouldn't be the reason why you've heard of her because of Drake. It doesn't matter and what people rapped about her once too. Okay. Anyways, go solitaire. We don't All have right, much time. So... We only have like thirty seconds. Okay, uh, Ready Fox. Do you think that no better Nina has heard of SWV? Yes. Sisters with voices, right? Oh, That's because of you guys, though. That is because of you guys. I'm not gonna lie. Oh, okay. You could. You should have. You should have pretended, Nina. You should have been like, I have all their albums. They're one of my favorite groups of all time. Yeah, okay. right. Okay. When she got the acronym right, I was like, okay, that's pretty. Impressive. Okay, we got time for one more, and I'm gonna see now, Nina or Solitaire. Do you think Nina's heard of En Vogue? Ooh. See, I got you messed up with the Sisters of Voices. Yeah, you do. N- <laughs> no. No, I haven't. That's one I have not heard of. Not at all, period. Nope. Okay. Nope. Wow. It's crazy. And they were bigger than SWV. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they were bigger than SWV as facts. But that's it. We're out of time. All right. Uh, appreciate that. No better, Nina and Ready Fox. We've got to pay some bills if you're listening to us on Vibe 105. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. If you're listening to the podcast, stay with us. This is hashtag. Nina ain't heard a shit. <laughs> Summer Walker so, also has a song called SWV. That's pretty good. She's dropping her album tonight. We should yeah. go back to some of these other categories that we didn't touch on yeah. in, in the segment. Okay. So oh, okay, which, yeah. which Joe Budden were you talking about? Is there another Joe Budden? No, man. Less Joe Budden. Joe, Joe Budden wants more options. Yep. So he likes them all. He likes it okay, all. Is that was it a tweet or did this come no, out of his mouth? In the podcast podcast clip. Okay, now I'll admit here on the podcast time because Nina told me this before we started recording, and I had a more <laughs> surprised reaction. Yeah. So why are you trying to call me out? Hey, I know he he he, yeah. he reenacted I, himself and then he called you. <laughs> <laughs> I fully did that. I fully did that, son. But yes, before we were recording, and Nina told me that I was like, what? Joe Bro, I was shocked too, though. I couldn't believe it. When so I what did he say? I don't know if he's trolling or not, though, but he said that like he likes small. And then basically the clip got spread. <laughs> and then he quoted the clip on Twitter and said, spread the news, everybody. And so I don't know if he's nobody knows if he's trolling or if he's serious right now. It might come up by Saturday. He said he likes batting and catching. <laughs> but why would he joke about that? Like, why would you want to joke about that if you don't want to be that? He shouldn't be joking about it. And if he is, then the the those people have a new person to be angry at other than dave Chappelle. <laughs> you got a new target folks because you know you shouldn't joke about that kind of stuff if, i was about to say if that's serious, a troll that's a that's a pretty that's not a cool troll, troll these days not a cool troll either you unless, gotta be unless he's really unless he's really trying to like raise his profile by any means necessary that would do it 
That'll do it. That would do it if he. But that would make then that would that would make him a loser in my eyes. Of course, if he's just doing it because he's just saying that because he's getting gonna get more attention that way. That's not good. That's not a good look. He's one of those, you know, he's one of those artists that he's super talented. And I think if he would just focus on his talent instead of trying to prove how right he is to everybody. Yeah. He'd be a lot further along. But he's he's one of those people that he's a self-sabotager. Like he had a, you know, successful podcast, felt like he wasn't getting paid enough. And instead of kind of like trying to ride it out or, or, or figure out a better way, a better situation. He walks away from what I think. He, I think he just kind of puts his foot in his mouth too often. Okay. Can we just real quick? I just want to say, cause I'm looking at the favorite male R and B artist category. Is it not a given that the weekend wins this? Male that's R&B. Given, I've been right? before. He's another one that had issues with the Grammys. Too. Oh, that's right. No, but this is American music awards, not Grammys. Yeah. These oh, are the American oh. music awards. Yeah. So yeah. You oh, know, oh, oh, the okay. week, yeah. That's a guaranteed then that the weekend wins it yeah yeah and, probably it and, should this whole, be. and this whole time i was thinking the grammys when we were doing these categories yeah me too yeah. i forgot amy's lower okay. tier come on it is lower, lower tier. tier absolutely it is 100 percent. but um okay you know what we're so <laughs> over time we let's just get we're at the finish line right now let's cross this bitch now let's get the fuck out of here so right, solitaire start whenever you feel Good hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the program. You are tuned into hashtag right here on Vibe 105. We are here every Saturday morning from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. We appreciate y'all for tuning in. Make sure you follow us on our social media platforms at hashtag Vibe 105 on Twitter and Instagram. Now, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for our segment called Bouse. Bouse. Black-owned spotlight, our weekly spotlight on black-owned businesses and outstanding members of the black community or of any community that uh, are allies to our community. And that's down with us. If you down with us, then you down with a black-owned spotlight. Make sure you hit us up with any exceptional uh, black-owned businesses or affiliated businesses that you think deserve to be highlighted and supported. And without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to announce that today's black-owned spotlight is none other than, drumroll, Edible Bliss 11, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I'm a foodie. I love food. I love desserts. And I am super excited. Whenever I... Uh, whenever I f- come across these places uh these food places is usually because they have posted delicious dishes that i must try um (laughs) but this is uh this is something that i came across from black owned toronto their uh edible bliss is actually available at black owned uh, toronto at scarborough town center and their website is edible bliss the number 11.com so it's edible bliss 11.com it's a small black-owned business that takes entrees and desserts to the next level. The founder, Amanda Hammer, has been in the culinary industry for 25 years. She creates her desserts and dishes with the intentions of pleasing the palate one blissful bite at a time. She mm-hmm. quit her 9-to-5 job to pursue her passion, which I always love to hear these stories. Amanda found her own unique style when it comes to cooking and baking. All her creations are made from scratch using the best ingredients. 
she's been featured on many platforms such as the Food Network, uh, Donut Showdown on the Food Network, How She Hustles, Buy Blacks, The People's Choice Awards, Breakfast Television, City Line, Jamaican Eats Magazine. She's even had her desserts devoured by Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. I don't know how much of an accolade that is. Uh, Justin's kind of he's kind of on the ropes right now, but nevertheless. That just means her food is delicious enough to reach the highest levels of government in Canada. Mm -hmm. She also distributes her infamous Jamaican rum cake cheesecake. This is what made me stop and take notice. Christmas is coming. Rum cake. Mm -hmm. Uh huh. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, edibleblissleven.com is the website to check out on how to order her goods, cakes, she also they do also do catering as well. Uh, they do private chef experience, so you're definitely going to want to look into, it, especially as Christmas is around the corner. Ladies and gentlemen, today's black owned spotlight: Edible Bliss Eleven. Nice. That mac and cheese on her Instagram looks so right. All the food on her Instagram looks amazing. Ah, drool. Okay, so. Uh, <laughs> Nevertheless, I will be definitely ordering that. Uh, oh man, the Jamaican rum cake cheesecake. Stop this. Okay. <laughs> now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to pass the baton over to Reddy Fox, who is going to take us through this week's stories in hashtag sports. All right. So, a lot's happening in sports now, especially with the NHL season and the NBA season well underway. But we had a wrap to the Major League Baseball season, the Atlanta Braves. Congratulations going out to the Atlanta Braves. They won the World Series. They did I was it. right. Yes, they did it in six games. Um, they beat... Oh, I didn't choose Atlanta? Didn't I choose no. Atlanta? No, you I picked did. Houston. Damn and you picked them just to go against Nina. You, oh. be, you should oh. probably start yeah, to listen works. to Nina more now when we do these sports things. She seems to know more than you. I don't know. Exactly. Just going to put that out there. So the, uh, I plead the fifth. Okay. So congratulations again <laughs> going out to the Atlanta Braves. They won it in game six games. Um, but the last game was a seven nothing smashing. Like they just there was no question in that last game. And oh, I, I hope I, I hope I pronounce his name right. So outfielder George Soler or Soleil. I don't know how it's pronounced, but he was the World Series MVP. So congratulations to him. So baseball's done, and hopefully we can turn our attention now for Toronto at least to the Blue Jays and see what's going to happen with the free agency and hopefully we can bring back the same team that we had again they they had the same sort of uh troubles that the Raptors had in terms of not playing in their home stadium mm. once they came back to Toronto they actually turned it on quite a bit and they were playing phenomenal so a lot of people were like how good would this team have been if they were playing the whole season you know at home in Toronto so I would love to see the Blue Jays bring back the you know the team that we saw and the whole team and all that. So we'll have to wait and see. It'll be a while. Moving mm -hmm. on to the NHL season or to the NHL in general. First of all, headlines. This was a big story in the NHL. Sidney Crosby tested positive for COVID-19. He got the Rona. Yeah, he got the Rona, Sidney Crosby there. So the, the Pittsburgh Penguins placed um, him and also defenseman Brian DeMoulin. I hope I'm pronouncing his name right uh, on a COVID-19 protocol that happened on Wednesday. Now, here's the thing, though. Uh, Crosby and DeMoulin both practiced with the team on Monday, and then the team was off on Tuesday, and then his test came back positive on Wednesday. So that yikes. Exactly, Nina. Yikes. Couldn't have found a better word myself to say. Because <laughs> <laughs> that could be trouble for the whole team for the super uh, Pittsburgh Super spreader Penguin. event. Hey, man. The practice was a super spreader event. 
<laughs> event for the, the Pittsburgh Penguins. And I laugh and smile about this just to say that I'm not a Penguins fan. I don't wish COVID-19 on them, but I don't wish them success either. So <laughs> you know what it is. Yeah. Also in the headlines for the NHL this week, uh, PK Subban made news this week. He got fined $15,000 for tripping um, Anaheim Ducks forward Trevor Zegras. I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right, but this was the second time in less than two weeks that PK Subban got a fine for, for tripping or doing bad stuff on the ice. So I don't remember. Really? Him. I don't like, I haven't seen hockey. I haven't been following it a lot, but I don't remember PK being, um, a dirty player per se. You is know, that what this is, is it was, is it possible that it could have been an accident? Would he have been, uh, fine if it wasn't, I don't accident? know, but he's, he's got a hearing work? to see if he's going to be able to appeal some of these calls or whatever. But, um, I just found that interesting that PK was in the news for that. Um, I would, I wish he could play for Toronto, but oh I, just, my gosh. I don't think that'll ever happen. So I don't know if we should hold our breath on that, but maybe one day he'll get at least one season when he's like, isn't in... there a black player on the Toronto Maple Leafs? Yes, right man. Now? Wayne Simmons, man. Come on. Yes. Don't front. Yeah, no, I, I know. I just couldn't <laughs> remember his name. Okay. Anyways, Leafs recap real quick. They've actually strung together a few wins this week. Uh, they beat the Detroit Red nice. Wings last week, uh, five to four. Then Tuesday, they beat the Golden Knights four nothing. So that's good. So Thursday, they played Tampa Bay. I don't know how that game went. Let's just assume I that. Do. Oh, yeah, Nina. How did it go, Nina? They choked, like always. No, we won. We won. All right, let's see well, how this airs on Saturday. So we're talking about this on Saturday, but Thursday was the game we're talking about because we don't know who won or whatever. Nina's just always going to root against the Leafs for whatever reason. She's got nothing but pity and hate in her heart for the Leafs. And and for whatever reason, she loves the Senators. So there you <laughs> that's go. Because, that's because of the Senators... Uh goalie daughter dominic hasek was my best friend and took me to all the games okay so there you go that's why and i'll have you know that the least one yes the what was least. the score two one big whoop what they're gonna lose the next one they're gonna choke on the next one a win is a win is, look at look at this win doesn't matter when they lose and choke in the stanley cup finals uh, nobody wants to hear your hate nina so the least this week Tonight, they're playing the Boston Bruins. That starts at 7. Monday, they're playing the Kings, the Los Angeles Kings. Wednesday, they're on the road, taking on the Philadelphia Flyers. And then Friday, they're playing the Calgary Flames. So there are 12 games today for Saturday. Other Canadian teams that are in action tonight, the Senators, they're playing. That's actually an early game. 2 o'clock, that game starts. They're playing Tampa Bay. So that'll be interesting to see. The, The Tampa Bay Lightning are playing both the Leafs and the Senators so if the Leafs beat them and the Senators lose to them... The Senators will win. Go Sens go. We'll see. So other Canadian teams in action. Winnipeg, they're playing today. Montreal's playing today. And the Calgary Flames are playing today as well, too. All right? Turning on to the NBA, because that's the only thing we really truly care about on this show. Um, in headlines this week, this was interesting now. Ben Simmons... There's more drama here with the Philadelphia 76ers and Ben Simmons. He is refusing to talk to the team doctors about his mental readiness or his mental health. Now, he hmm. has said that he's not mentally ready to join the team yet. And the, every team has doctors. These guys are professionals. They can get access to any professional that they need to to deal with their stuff. But he is refusing to um, kind of cooperate with team doctors on the Philadelphia 76ers. Now, does this say anything to you guys? Is this a red flag or is this just part of a whole ruse of him not wanting to play for the team and he's just going to say whatever it takes so that he doesn't have to play for them until he trades them until they trade him sounds like it to me mental health is not something you want to question someone on though right 
Yeah, that's what I was going to say, right? You never know how people deal with it. But um, the part of me, if I have to give an answer, I think he's just doing, he just doesn't want to do nothing. And he just wants to wait till he gets traded. Yeah. Yeah, we'll never know the truth to this because you can't really question someone about their mental you, health. You, you can't, but you can assess the situation. You can assess the circumstances surrounding it. I think, you know, it's... And I and again, not to say that money, like having millions of dollars, alleviates the uh, the issue of mental health. But I think when you have tremendous resources at your disposal, to uh, to say that you're just not ready or you don't want to meet with your essentially your employer, I think is a little disingenuous no, to say they- mental health and I don't want to talk about it. Uh, and and it for it to play out publicly, it's kind of like it, it makes me it raises no, no. red flags for me. He could be he could have his own personal doctor and therapist that he chooses to talk to that is not hired or you know representing the seventy sixers. So we yeah, don't but know I mean that. he but for sure. But I think that he, he I think being that they are his employer, he owes them at least some kind of disclosure. I don't think it's just, in, you know, uh, uh, an indefinite, I don't want to talk about it. Like, mm. I think I think it, there's a certain level of maturity and professionalism that that there should be some kind of communication. Okay. Well, we'll see about that. It's going to continue on as the season goes on. Um, Scotty Pippen, Chicago Bulls legend, Portland Trailblazers mm. legend, legend, Scotty Pippen, he made headlines this week. His new book is coming out, and there was an excerpt from it in uh, GQ magazine. Um, and basically, he is pretty angry with uh, Michael Jordan yeah. about that Last Dance uh, documentary that uh, came out during the, the early stages of the pandemic. Like, right after everything shut down and there were no more sports, the only thing we had to watch was uh, the Bulls' The Last Dance documentary. <laughs> and it was... Did you watch it, Nina? No, no. Okay. No, of course not. You never know because it was one of those things where everyone was talking about it and I know she has FOMO sometimes, so she might have checked it out. So you never have FOMO for sports. So I'll have to remember that. But Scottie Pippen was pretty upset and he said that Jordan couldn't have been more condescending than he already was. They kind of already lived through that condescension during the 90s when they were playing with him and now they had to relive it watching this documentary. Apparently as well, Jordan was the only person to get paid for it. He received $10 million for it. Nobody else on the team that's featured in the documentary got any money from it. And um, even Horace Grant was saying, too, that it was almost a propaganda thing to make Michael Jordan look good. And they actually accused Michael Jordan of wanting to put out this documentary because he wanted to kind of elevate his legacy over LeBron James. Do you Hmm. think that's something that Michael Jordan would do just based on what you've seen from him publicly? (laughs) Yes. I think so. <laughs> yes. I think that's a possibility. Even even his demeanor on the documentary itself lets me further know that that's not uh it's not that far-fetched of an explanation. You know, you don't care. I have no knowledge on it. Okay, uh, that's that's fair. But you guys said yes, so I'll say yes. Sure. Excellent. You should do that more often, Nina. Just whenever we say something, just agree with us. No, no, no. Not all the time. (laughs) Not all the time. We got to do a quick... got to be discerning. The Raptors have been on a tear this week. They've been playing phenomenal. They had a five-game win streak. Now, they played Friday, uh, taking on the Cleveland Cavaliers. So that was last night. I assume that they won, but you never know. Cleveland's been playing pretty good this year. They've been much better than they've been in the years past since uh, LeBron left them. So we'll see what happens with that. All right? So last week, they beat Indiana... They beat New York. They beat the Washington Wizards. Uh, This week, 
uh, they'll be taking on Boston. That's Wednesday. But tomorrow, they'll be playing the Brooklyn Nets. So that starts mm-hmm. tomorrow at 3.30 in the afternoon. And that'll be another good test for the Raptors. I do believe Scotty Barnes will be back playing with the team. He's had an injured thumb, so he's been sitting out the last couple of games. But OG's <laughs> been amazing. Freddie Van Vliet's been amazing. The team overall is playing amazing defense. So they're really fun to watch. All right. So there are six NBA games tonight. The big games that you might want to check out tonight if you're an NBA fan, Utah's playing Miami and Philadelphia's playing Chicago. Chicago will be looking for revenge in that game as well. And next week, the Raptors will be playing Dwayne Casey. He'll be coming back playing the Detroit Pistons. So that's something to look forward to as well. All right. So Let's crush those guys. Yeah, hopefully <laughs> we'll see. So again, a lot of these so-called experts weren't picking the Raptors to make the playoffs. Right now, as far as this recording goes, they're sitting in fourth place. They're sitting at six and three. They're, they're, they're beating up teams. So I'm enjoying it. And again, just a reminder, Kyle Lowry's making his return to Toronto. I'm so looking forward to that game. February 3rd, he's been playing great. Miami right now looks like the best team in the East, to be honest with you. So wow. it'll be interesting to see what happens when we play them. That'll be, we won't play them until January, but, um, Miami's been, Miami's been looking really good. No, January, we'll be playing them in Miami, uh, in but Miami, then right. Kyle okay. Lowry will be coming back to Toronto in February. But um, Miami's gotcha. been looking really good, man. Like, the East is looking really tough this year, and I think whoever wins the East this year will win the championship. So, wow. Yeah, I think so. I think That's a the heavy East... prediction. Well, Me we'll too. There you go, Nina. Now you're getting the spirit of it. So that's it for sports. <laughs> All right. Appreciate that, Reddy Fox. Thank you very much. Now I know what I'm going to say to my sports fans, my sports people next week. (laughs) Raptors look great. They look great. They're crushing teams. They're playing exciting basketball. Their defense looks fantastic. I got all the talking points. Yeah. I really do like sports. Don't listen. Don't, I know. I'm, I know. I come across as cynical, but I really do like sports, and I do appreciate the uh, the sports updates. Sure. But now, ladies and gentlemen, it is time to wrap up this show with uh, some stimulating relationship conversations. I don't know if it's about relationships yeah. this week, but there you go. Uh, uh, it's time for no better take with no better Nina. Okay, so uh, someone posted online, a man has to love his woman more than she loves him for the relationship to Oh, gosh. Oh, God. <laughs> Do you think it's better for the man to love the woman more or for the woman to love the man more? And have you ever loved your partner more or felt they loved you more? And how did it turn out? This is crazy. This <laughs> is, is it? This is, is it crazy. crazy? Yes, is it, it is. <sighs> There's so no way to measure who want? loves who more. Like that's that's not something you should be trying to compete with in a relationship in terms of who loves who more. Is there a love meter that measures this this amount of love? Like who what is this? the what's the what's the love what's the love meter? Who it's said this just... thing? So what they said, a man has to love his woman more than she loves him in order well, for clearly the, it's a woman who said this. In order for the relationship to work. You guys don't agree? <laughs> clearly this was written by a woman. I agree. I'm going to tell you. Tell why. tell us your thinking on this, Nina, because this yes. doesn't this doesn't really make sense to me. I think this is what it is. I agree because I think that basically with the way that men were raised when you think about it, maybe not the newer generation, but the older generation, the way men were raised is to not show affection and emotion and all those kind of things, right? And to women, that is a key measurement of love is well, I wouldn't say all, but to most women, I feel that's a key measurement of love. I know it is for myself. So to receive that overly affectionate and, and overly emotional man would 
feel look like to the outside world he loves her more than she loves him. Now, I could love him the exact same, but because of the way society is raised to perceive men as, it looks like that. So that is why I do agree with this statement in that sense, because that's what mm-hmm. society perceives it as. Now, mm-hmm. again, in terms of measuring love, everyone has their own things that they, that they, for me, it's that emotional look. Yo, I want a man who cries. If you don't cry, don't talk to me. Like, that's what I need. Like, I feel like. That's not the same as loving you, though. But I think that's everyone's, everyone has their own different measurements of love. And for me, it's emotions, emotional support, and just, um, there was, I did a, a test once. It was, I think words of affirmation. That was mine. Right. But that's why I agree with it. Now that oh, you've, yeah. What's that? Love languages? Now, now yeah. that you've said that, Nina, I disagree with it. And I disagree with you now even more so. <laughs> why? Because here's the thing. I'm, think, I'm thinking about this now. And while you're saying it, I'm like, if a man loves his woman more than she loves him, he's mm-hmm. likely to smother her. And she's not going to like that. I don't think a lot of women will like, first of all, I think women like a bit of a challenge when it comes to men. And I think if the man loves her more than she loves him, that would be annoying to the woman. I think, I think it has to be equal. It has to be equal for it to work. If, if it's one way or the other, if, if it's, if there's an imbalance, someone will take advantage of someone else or take someone for granted. And I don't think this would work. I get what you're saying because I do think, I I just think it's the perception, but I think in my, I'm right, Nina, my relationship, (laughs) The love would be equal. It's just to the outside world, it looks like he loves me more because the so outside. Perform- so you, so you, you, so you, you want you you want a man that performs for for other oh, people to. I want a man who the outside world thinks loves me more. So it's performative. It's just a man that I know that's who he is, and for me, it's just love. Destined for <laughs> that doom. Has nothing. See, that's ridiculous. Destined for doom. <laughs> that is ridiculous. You know, I will coin. You know, rest in peace. Uh, Patrice O'Neill once said in one of his stand-up comedies, he said, when the woman loves me and I and like her, I like her <laughs> that is perfection. Nope. And he was also dead wrong. <laughs> I mean, to be clear, but I mean, it's this is the reverse the reverse argument of that and yeah no no i will also say too for your question have you ever loved your partner or you felt they loved you more i wouldn't say love but trust i felt like i was in a relationship Mm -hmm. where i trusted a partner more than they trusted me and Mm -hmm. that didn't feel good and i don't think that's a recipe for a relationship to work either yeah i think for for me i definitely been in a relationship where i felt like i loved more than loved me but for me i'm also just a very affectionate lover like i'm right. a very outward affectionate person and like words of affirmation you'll get all of that from me so i maybe that's mm-hmm. why but just to get into some comments here uh one person said honestly i believe that they should love each other equally but think of a woman loving a man more than he loves her she becomes putty in his hands simply an object to be toyed with on the other hand if a man loves a woman more or less damage will be done sure there are gold diggers and manipulating women but that's really it but a man's abuse of a woman's love can cause some serious damage to a woman's mind body and soul that goes both ways exactly. i was about to say like that's exactly what i thought when i read that this is ridiculous um someone said the foolishness just some nonsense scorned woman try to believe to explain past disappointments <laughs> we don't need to love you bingo we simply need to love you and know you believe we do okay that's true there you Um, go 
Uh, one guy said negative. Old man once told me, don't marry a woman you love. Marry a woman who loves you. I get it now, which I guess is similar to that Patrice O'Neill thing. Yeah. Uh, a man's love is limited. A woman's love will have her cooking her own flesh so you won't be hungry. Even if a man loves you more, only then will it possibly be matched. That's where I my sentiment goes in. Bro. I would do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> we got time for one more. And someone said, someone tell me how you measure love. Exactly. There, there you go. Thank this you. No better take. <laughs> How do you measure love? You don't. What it comes you don't down try to. to. There is no measurement. There is no one way to say who loves who more. Is it acts of service? You know, oh, you, I, I, you know, I clean and I cook and, you know, maybe that's your way of showing love. It's, I'll, I'll tell you disaster. this. Here's, here's, here's what you need to know. Love is not enough. Yeah, that's true. That is true. That's true. That's true. That's that's really what it comes love down to. All this enough. all this measurement of love. Oh, how much? Who loves who more? Expand on that it a if, little. Expand huh? on that a little. You need trust. You need love is not you can enough. Love someone and not trust them. You yeah. need exactly uh, support. And some people need ambition. Like you, you need to be compatible. You need to be. You need to be somebody you're willing to make compromises with on things yeah, that you believe. Things that you staunchly believe you're willing to compromise for this person. What's you're mean? you're able to you're able to. You're able to uh, to be in a relationship even though you have different interests. What's yeah. okay? We don't. We only have like about forty five seconds or so. But what's more important, trust or love? Trust. trust. Okay. Well, I can love it. Think about it. Not trust nobody. There's no, remember, there is no love without trust. Remember. Whoa, whoa. Trust. <laughs> Her singing is worse than mine. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's it. That was a that was a short but sweet, no better, uh, no better take. But we've got to wrap up the show. We appreciate y'all. Thank Crazy. you once again for tuning in and rocking with us this week. Uh, once again, we will be back next week to join you and engage in more meaningful conversations. Until then, y'all have a great week. On behalf of Ready Fox and No Better Nina, I am Solitaire. This has been hashtag Enjoy Your Weekend. Peace. Uh. Bye, podcast. Bye, podcast people, because we're up so late. You have no idea. We're way past our bedtimes. Yes, Is sir. there anything that we want to say to people real quick before we uh, no, bounce out? Sir. No, no extra sir. Father's birthday is on Tuesday. Scorpio yeah. season. Yeah, Scorpio sir. season. What are you going to do to celebrate your birthday? I don't know. I don't know. I had all these big plans, but I, I don't have the time. Right. <laughs> I don't have the time to do anything. So I don't know what I'm going to do. I'll probably end up doing something, though. Okay. Well, let us know what you're deciding to do. and I'll definitely well, do that. Well, us, but not necessarily the public. But sorry. And not you guys. Listeners. Not you guys. I, not I you love guys you, but not. you're not invited. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Okay. Well, thank you for everybody tuning in and listening to the podcast and listening to the radio station. And yeah, Think just your support. It. We appreciate it. Winter yeah, is coming. Absolutely. <laughs> don't know that I, th- I think that's one reminder that people don't need to hear oh, today was definitely a, remi- a reminder outside in toronto winter is coming bundle up mm-hmm. and we out of here much love y'all have a great week peace <laughs>